on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And I said live, Big Ugly. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here. Oh, my goodness. I'm dropping the iPhone. <laughs> oh, man down. Oh, man down. So we are here live in the mansion, in the playroom of the mansion. You can see our high-tech equipment. And we've had hundreds, if not thousands, of followers and likes and subscribers all over SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. It's been fantastic. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Big Ugly, how you feel about that? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm liking all the support. I thank you guys. Keep tuning in. Keep listening. Uh, refer your friends. We got some great guests coming up here in the future as well. We really do. The artist Duran J, Tony Mako. We've got... Uh, you know, got the people. professional development trailblazer Brian Thomas. That's right, Brian Thomas. Some people outside of professional wrestling as well, but it centers around wrestling. So we're here to talk about wrestling, all things wrestling. So you know, throw a like, throw a emoji, whatever it is, throw it up there. Just check it out and ask some questions, give some feedback, whatever you like. This is the first time we're doing it like this, so enjoy it. So uh, we're gonna. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I got my little WrestleMania banners on the wall in the mansion. Look at that. You know, I am a fan. Uh, we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. Hey, April joined us. You see April? Hey, April. She is the uh, concessions, and she is one of the main supporters of EWA Pro Wrestling. She's always selling the merch at the tables. We always appreciate her help and her support. Uh, herself, her family, everybody gets involved. So April is here. Danny Mays. Danny Ma Danny Mays. That's a, that's a good man. He is currently a very prominent ring announcer in the Maryland championship wrestling area. <laughs> he is, but he's also worked for professional baseball teams. He does a lot. Uh, he's one of the guys that I absolutely admire and respect in this business. Danny Mays, hello April, and hello Danny, and hello Kenny, and uh, we appreciate you. Danny, I'm going to be in touch with you sometime soon. We got to catch up, brother. Um, we do have to catch up. So I want to see what Danny Mays is doing. I want to see what you all are doing. And this is live right now on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and we're going to play probably the first portion of this podcast live on Facebook for the first time. You know, EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook, also Dirty Ugly Wrestling on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. Uh, let me throw the like button back at I think that's how that works. Again, I'm not too sure Dude, about this. I have no idea. I've never done Facebook Live. I don't know. It's, it's Facebook it's Live. Weird. Um, yeah. I'm we usually the behind the camera. I, I, yeah. When are we going to see that punk from the Athletic Commission get his comeuppance? So check that out from Hapder. Um, so checking out. Um, comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, you know, the Maryland State Commission of Athletics has shut our shows, or not shows, but some of the matches down for some of the weirdest things that I've ever seen. Um, the lack of blood, the use of chapstick. I mean, Vinny Versace, yeah, that's his name. Uh, the Maryland State Commission of Athletics. You want to talk about this? I mean, we've always had, you know, respect for the pro wrestling business, but I mean, the Maryland State Ath Commission of Athletics, he's wearing that sheriff's badge when he comes down to the ring. He's got that clipboard. It's kind of like the power. Jericho's list. You know what I mean? He's not going to be careful. He's going to be on the list. What do you think about that? You know what happens? What? Do you know what happens? What happens? Tell me. You just made the list. I can't even do it as, as well as he can. I can't do it. But Vinny Versace, you could make the list. That's what you could do. So I want to show you this. Is, it, is this how we do this? Yes. Can you see that? Yeah. Maybe? Probably. You'll probably right. take it back a little bit. Take it back? Yeah. Faith No More 3, Interaction, EWA Pro Wrestling, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland, 
and that's going to be on Saturday, May 13th. We have Desert no... Desert Storm's return. No. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Desert Storm is officially retired from EWA Pro Wrestling. Oh, uh, he was great when he was around. He, uh, you know, Desert Storm, many, many props to you. Um, and uh, also we know that the Starstruck one, the Prince of Pop Style, TJ Sykes, has now uh, taken his leave from EWA Pro Wrestling. So... Big question is Big Ugly. What what's happening? What's happening? Yeah. The answer is we don't know. But that is the cool thing about this. We don't know. So the most exciting thing that could happen is the unknown. So at well, EWA according, according to hashtag Pat Anthony, hasht, you mean EWA heavyweight champion? That's exactly who I'm talking about. According to him, from our last podcast, Supremacy is just gonna take all the titles. At Faith No More. They want all the titles. They want all the power. Yes. At Faith No More 3. And that very well could happen. Uh, they want all the titles. They want all the power. So, But it's called interaction for a reason, folks. If you are there Saturday, May 13th at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland for EWA Faith No More 3, right? If you are there, uh, you will be able to choose the competitors in the matches. You will be able to choose who's going to do what, what kind of matches we're going to have. Um, you know, make sure to be there so that you can be a part of the show because we're going to let you, the EWA country, hashtag EWA country, we're going to let you find out what's going on. We got a couple people live and in, live and off, people watching, people listening. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Big is, it, is it disrespectful to leave the live? I don't know how this works. Like, does that mean that? It's you not don't like it? Or are you just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got something else to do? Well, I mean, some people are scrolling through their feed. Some people land on it, and then some people watch it for a few minutes and then keep scrolling. Okay. As far as I know, it's not disrespectful to leave the feed. Not that I know of. Because people have been coming in, jumping off, and that's what live is all about. You know, some people have live. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, time. I guess I do it to people, too, so... I've done it yeah. to people. Yeah, definitely. So this is the first Facebook Live ever, and we're going to leave it on at least until, oh, let's see. We'll be there. Got a crew of seven-ish ready to roll in on Tall Cedars Hall. Hapder. Thank you, Hapder. Hapder is going to be there. See, what I'm all about is pushing the product, making the waves, getting the name, the date, anything out there on any medium that I can. That's what I do. That's how I roll, people. Um, and then I'm also there to conduct interviews and interviews is what we're going to have with Jason Drake, the EWA Maryland champion, Jason Drake. Uh, he's coming up very, very shortly. Big Ugly, we had this question about Rocky. I saw a couple of people responding on Dirty Ugly Wrestling. I saw a couple of people responding on our individual pages. Yes. What the best Rocky movie is. What was your consensus? Who, who had what? You know, I... I didn't like really tally it up, but I can say that the tie would be between four Rocky four and the first Rocky. Really? From what I from what I've mostly seen, yeah. Other than that, um, close third would have been Creed. A lot of people like Creed, but then they were a lot of people would be like Creed and Rocky, or like Creed and Rocky four, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's between the first and the fourth one. But Rocky four was in the mix. <clears throat> Rocky four was definitely in the mix. Um, that I mean, was, and we, we knew that's a pop. That's a popular one. That's a super popular. One. That is a popular one. Was um, last night, as a matter of fact. I had one person actually say Balboa. Oh Rocky really? Balboa. Rocky Balboa yeah. was one of the best or, or the favorite? Yeah, that it was the best, and I was just like, no. I got <laughs> nothing wrong with Rocky Balboa. Oh, what's EWA? So EWA is the Eastern Wrestling Association. EWA Pro Wrestling. It's pro wrestling out of Baltimore, Maryland, uh, out of Parkville, Maryland, specifically Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. EWA Pro Wrestling. 
Um, so we are a pro wrestling company, family friendly for all ages. We do have. Oh yeah, I understand. Look, see what's that? I go to MCW. Oh, that's understandable. Okay. MC, yeah. MCW Pro Wrestling, nothing but love for MCW Pro Wrestling. You know, they got their thing, we got ours. We love independent wrestling. Independent. We love wrestling. Amen. We love professional wrestling here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And much love goes out to uh, all the folks in MCW Pro Wrestling that I know of. Um, Danny Mays being one of them, being one of their fantastic ring announcer over there. Got a lot of boys and girls over there. Um, And we appreciate... Uh, so far, conversation starts. Ten comments so far. All right. So we, we're, we're getting comments. We're on live for the Thanks, first guys. time. Thanks, man. Um, so we are on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast right now. We are live. And if you want to hear the rest of this podcast, which I hope that you do, again, with hundreds, thousands of people, we got a lot of listeners, uh, please check out Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We're also on the Twitter um, and we are also on Facebook, so please find us there. Fed Up, yeah, Fed Up. They had a, a, a great match. Uh, I love Fed Up. I worked with them a couple of times in my. Who is Fed Up? Uh, Fed Up is a tag team, uh, and it's been all around EWA and also MCW and all, okay. all around pro wrestling. Great tag team, fun guys to work with, and uh, fun guys in general. So we appreciate uh, everybody checking in, listening in to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Oh, what's going on in the background? Ooh, look at this. So this is a NC-17 rated podcast. That's Total Recall. Yeah. That's Sharon Stone, you man. Perf. That's Sharon Stone, man. And we've got a knock at the door while we're live on Facebook here at the mansion. A knock on the door. Hellcats, uh, my boys as well. Appreciate the Hellcats so much. Jimmy Stars and Sexy Steve. And shout out to Brittany Blake as well. We got uh, love for the Hellcats. Lots of love for the Hellcats. And coming in right now into the mansion... He is the one and only, the EWA Maryland champion, Jason. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm doing this wrong, but look at this. Jason, can I even? There he yeah, is. That's better. Ah, Jason Drake. What's up, guys? What's up, Jason Drake? How are you? Put the shades on. Get the whole. Oh, you got to get the whole gimmick going. Yeah, got to get the gimmick going. There yeah, go. why don't you take a seat on the head side of the table? I'm, I'm going to turn it over there. So we've been live here for a few minutes few comments few likes we've been uh, just hitting into this intro to dirty ugly wrestling podcast and um let's see you are gimmicked up there can you, you see yeah. yourself yeah that's good just all right about. what do you have to say to welcome yourself to the podcast i welcome myself to the podcast that, that's what there you, you got nah jason drake's in the building jason. always representing ewa that's right and hanging out with uh two of my favorite guys in the business and that would be us yeah, yeah. dirty mike and the big ugly that's right is this is this number three this is number the three. Third this time. Is number three. Only the third time. Only three times. Only three times. You would have had somebody with you sharing that only three time, but she's not here today. Well, I guess I'll have to be the only four time shortly then. Okay. Okay. We'll come the, back. The rabid Rizzo is not here today. No, unfortunately. Uh, she's out doing your work. God's work. It's Sunday. I don't know. It's Sunday. Yeah, well, I guess we can say God's work. I don't, I don't know. She's, what is she's God's doing work? some kind of work. Okay. Good deeds. Yeah, good deeds. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Yeah, doing I guess so. good deeds. That's right. Uh, we've had uh, Brian S. Gamble show up on here. We've had, uh, uh, yeah, Danny Mays has shown up on here. Uh-oh. Kenny Browning has shown up on here. We had some people on here. We yeah. had some people on here. And we're watching Total Recall in the background. The original Total Recall. <laughs> there was a Total Recall that was made a couple years ago. It wasn't good. Yeah, with Colin, uh, what's his name? Colin, Colin Farrell. Oh, Colin, Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yeah. Colin Mockery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Colin sorry Cassidy. about that. 
Colin Cassidy. How about that? Um, so we're just doing this intro here, and we're going to cut the live feed in just a minute. But if you want to hear the rest of this, please log on and like and share and follow. Do it all on Dirty Ugly Wrestling. Uh, if you guys got any questions for us before we break this live feed, any questions for Jason Drake or the Big Ugly or me, Mikey D, Dirty Mike, whatever you want to call me in this, uh, uh, have you had blood on from EWA? Check that out. We should Now, would blood try to eat the equipment? If he, we had him on, you or think if we start a fire, he'll put it up? He, he, I don't know if he would actually start the fire. What about I was about you? to say, I, I think I've seen him start fires. <laughs> there was that video where he was lighting the uh, the the horse on fire. Yeah, yeah. Was some dark horses. He put it out, but he almost lit the whole ring on fire yeah. while he was at it. Yeah, the pain factor, you know, unbelievable. But that's a good idea. Blood, maybe even John Berg, the oddball army. You guys better have beer. You guys better have lots of beer. Yeah, it's going to be all about the beer. Bring the uh, beer. Bring the beer, Keep Mike. the beer cold. And bring the beer. We got the beer in the mansion, so, you know, if you ever want to get into that, you know, just let us know. Uh, I know. Yeah, he is awesome. Blood is awesome. Enjoy him very much so. So, we've still got some, uh, couple ways to go. We, we're doing this intro. Jason Drake, we'll do this intro with you. All right. Um, so, EWA Pro Wrestling, uh, you've been there for quite a while, and you know it's changing. Yes. Things are a-changing. Things are a-changing. So I want to just throw a couple things out to you, and, and Big Ugly will do it as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so unprepared. Yeah. He's like, uh, okay. We're very prepared. So I'm going to throw some things out to you. The retirement and leaving of the company of Desert Storm. How do you feel about that? Um, Ooh, getting right into it. I'm just yeah, going to throw it in. Jumping, it's dirty and it's ugly. right into it. Um, you know, Desert Storm and I, uh, we've been friends, as uh, many of the fans saw. Um, you know, brought the flag back to him before his, his you know, feud ended with TJ Sykes. Um, so I'm sad to see him go, but I wish him all the best. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a changing of the guard sort of deal at EWA. Uh, new faces, new talent. Um a lot of new stuff going on there that people are going to want to keep tuned for. You know, we're kind of flying as we go and just seeing where it takes us. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting. So let's, um, you know, let's just throw in another one right here. Let's throw in TJ. You mentioned him. So TJ officially announced his leaving of EWA Pro Wrestling not too long before this podcast happened. Well, how do you feel about that? Uh, that one's honestly frustrating for me because TJ and I have uh, never been... Well, we've been in the ring one time together. Mm-hmm. One time. Uh, we've never actually had a full-on match. I thought hopefully I was going to finally get that at EWA. I mean, he was the grand champion for EWA. And I think, what was he, the first and only? Grand Slam champion. Grand Slam champion. As of now, first and only. Yep, absolutely. First and only. So, you know... He had a lot of a lot of history within the company, um, and right at the end there, it seemed like he was turning on Supremacy and well, Supremacy turned on him. Well, Supremacy turned on him and he <laughs> took him out. But you saw him and him and Desert Storm. Desert Storm was fighting Supremacy the whole time. And right. They, they had that hug at the last event, and it looked like uh, TJ was was coming back to to fight for EWA. But now he's he stepped away. Um, Definitely wish I would have gotten that match with him with an EWA, and uh, maybe maybe someday somewhere. But yeah, you never say never missed, in this business. Yeah, never say never. Definitely a missed opportunity. Uh, great talent, I'm sure. Wherever he goes, whatever he does, uh, he's gonna kill it. 
Yeah, I know you were a big fan of both of those guys. Well, at least Desert Storm for a yeah, while. I mean, uh, yeah, I was a big fan of both of the guys. Um, I didn't realize that you guys not wrestled. I would have loved to have seen that yeah, match, we, man. That, we have never worked, and <clears throat> on top of that, TJ actually had a hand in me coming up. We we oh, I think we we went at it for maybe a minute one time in a like ten man like five five way tag team match, uh, and that that the only time we've ever actually done anything in a ring together was that little bit so mm. yeah missed opportunity there but you guys are still both very young relatively in the business so anything is possible anywhere down the road oh, how yeah. about that so uh we're gonna jump right into it as i said you know we got um interaction faith no more three coming up may 13th tall cedars hall in parkville maryland yep um the deck is shuffling Things are changing, and as of right now, and what we talked about, Big Ugly, right now the unknown is the most exciting thing about this because we just don't know. We know that Supremacy wants all the titles. Yep. We know that they want all the power. Yep. But how will they get it? And, and, and the best thing about the interaction is you, the EWA, you, the EWA country, you, the EWA country, when you are there, you're going to be able to pick the competitors, pick the matches, pick the stipulations, things like that. The EWA country is going to have your fate in their hands, Jason Drake. How does that make you feel, man? How does it make you feel? It's a little unnerving, but I feel like I'm going rise to the, rise to the challenge, whatever EWA country throws at me. Um, you know, got a lot of fans out there. They seem to make a lot of noise whenever I walk out. So hopefully they're on my side when it comes to stipulations and and picking stuff. Hopefully they don't throw me under the bus, metaphorically. <laughs> or physically. I don't literally want to be under the bus either. match where we're going to throw somebody physically yeah, let's, under the bus. Yeah, let's hope that's not... Hopefully not. A school bus match or something ridiculous. <laughs> that guy, you know, anything's possible. But that's going to be a great event at EWA Faith No More. And you are the Maryland champion. Yep, still the Maryland champion. Uh, I feel like it's almost been a year now. It's been close to a year. It's been up there since you won it. And uh, let's let's go a little bit backwards for you. Let's talk about Sweet 16, Big Ugly. Yeah, so Sweet 16, man. Um, you had a match against... Who, who was your first match you? in the first, ma- first round? In the first round, I At Tall wrestled... I wrestled Duran J. That's the right. The artist Duran J. The artist Duran J, right. Because it was a, a match that we've never seen before, and, and there's potential there, but uh, it wasn't quite the, the best contest for both of you to be in, but you never know. It was for the tournament, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And you won. No. You didn't win. I got disqualified when Pat came in and laid out Duran J. Hmm. I held on to my title. I didn't lose my title because the title was actually on the line in that match. Um, but Duran J advanced to the four-way uh, elimination match in the, the second round. and uh, You should have advanced to that four-way elimination match. I should have. Match. I had him, uh, and then Pat was there, and I was confused as to what Pat was doing out there. I didn't know what he was doing in the ring. Didn't know if he was coming after me, um, You know if he was going to swing on me. Hashtag Pat Anthony. I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen, and then... He picks up Duran Jay or like past Duran Jay on the back. Next thing I know, he lays him out, and then the ref or te- the ref's telling me, you know, it's a DQ and it's I'm I'm eliminated. I I lost the match, but mm. obviously belt can't change hands. But I still would have liked a shot at the uh, the final boss, Sean Cannon. I didn't mm. get that chance. I didn't get to get a chance at that trophy. Now we had hashtag Pat Anthony on a podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and he actually mentioned you. And he mentioned uh, 
trying to take the belt away from you. Now, considering what happened at the Sweet 16 tournament, is he on your hit list? Do you got beef with hashtag Pat Anthony now? I mean, when you stop and you look at the, the course of, of, like, the trajectory of my path through EWA and to the Maryland title, I took it from Pat. I took the title from Pat. Um, then we had a triple threat for the title between Rayburn, hashtag Pat Anthony, and myself. Um, and I came up victorious in that at the free show uh, at free practice session. Free practice session at was that uh, McAvoy's? McAvoy's. Mm-hmm. The free practice session. I was out there and I ended up coming Raven's up victorious. Roof. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's the Dark Horses and TJ laying me out and attacking Rabid Rizzo in front of me while I'm near unconscious. So that just added more fuel to the fire. Um, but then Rab Rizzo and I had hashtag Pat Anthony and Violet in a mixed tag match, and I thought we'd we'd laid it all to rest there. We came up victorious. Uh, Rizzo actually got the pin, and I thought we were done with them. I thought you know that was it. We'd gone our ways. I've wrestled Jones and beat Jones, held on to my title in the cage match, Rage in the Cage, and I thought I was done with supremacy for a little bit until. Obviously, Sweet 16, there shows up Pat. Apparently, he's not done with me yet, so, you know. Does that make you any? Does that make you weary of what could be happening at Faith No More 3? Since we don't know what's going to happen, are you concerned about what supremacy might have in store for you or what they could be thinking about for you? Oh, I think anybody with a title right now has to have their head on the swivel, obviously. Um, you know, we've been attacked before, um, matches constantly with these guys. Uh, and obviously it's, it's just not done. So, of course, it, it, there's some concern. There's the numbers game. Um, but I think anyone with the title in the EWA country and all, all the wrestlers who are still fighting for fighting the good fight for EWA need to band together against this because if we try to take them out solo, it's the numbers game. It is the numbers game. And they have lost one of their big numbers, which is TJ Sykes. So, you know, and unfortunately, we're not going to see where the end of that story goes. But as far as seeing the end, and that's a good segue here, seeing where the end of this story goes, we've been live for, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Look at that. The dirty, ugly wrestling paraphernalia. That's great. And we got, we got playing cards. You know, all this stuff is going to be available sometime for purchase hopefully. Um, but yeah, we've got it all. If you want to hear the end of this, if you want to hear the rest of the interview with Jason Drake, which we're going to talk about personal and professional things with him, we're going to talk about the curb stomp, which is one of those outlawed moves in the WWE right now. Uh, we're going to talk a, a lot about more about Faith No More 3, and we're also going to talk about the future of EWA Pro Wrestling, and we're going to talk about WWE Payback, and just in general, WWE, TNA, or Impact, whatever you want to call it, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Lucha, we're going, to talk, we're going to talk a lot of different things, so Jason Drake, you want them to uh, download this podcast and listen to it, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely check it out, go look up Dirty Ugly Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts, I know they got, I get mine on iTunes, but I also know before... These guys made the jump to iTunes. I was checking it out on SoundCloud. Yeah, man. So go find it Listen if you want to hear the rest of this. That's right. And where can people find you, Jason Drake? Uh, well, I finally got a Twitter. Twitter. Finally got a Twitter at the Jason Drake. Uh, go find me on there. Just look up Jason Drake on Twitter. I'll pop up. It's me holding the EWA Maryland title. Um, and that's your main way of finding me right now. Or just look me up on Facebook. Those are my two main places. All right. And Big Ugly, before we jump off live, what you got to say? Uh, R.I.P. to my cousin Charlie Murphy. 
Oh, man, Charlie Murphy. That was sad, oh, yeah. man. Charlie Murphy. That was sad. I went back and watched a lot of Chappelle show. Just, Me too, man. Just I'm mm-hmm. very yeah. sorry about that. But everybody who's jumped in and on and off this Facebook Live, we certainly appreciate you. Hey, check out uh, Total Recall in the background. Um, yeah. So we appreciate you very, very much. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for liking. Uh, please check us out at EWA on uh, May 13th, Tall Cedars Hall, Parkville, Maryland, Faith No More 3. And check Dirty Ugly Wrestling on, just like Jason Drake said. Just like Jason Drake yeah. said. Make sure you do it, because you should, and it's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to log off this live, and we're going to continue this podcast, and this podcast will be out shortly, but check out all the archived, where you can hear a lot more of Jason Drake in the archives of Dirty Ugly Wrestling on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget deuces. Uh, oh, deuces. I was going to say Faith No More, but... Well, deuces. Faith No More uh, 3, but and deuces. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com. We're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are sitting here with Jason Drake, the EWA Maryland Champion. And he's giving two thumbs up. You can't see that right now, but uh, you can't see that. (laughs) You see what I just did? Um, But anyway, they didn't see it. I just waved my hand in front of my face like John Cena. But anyway, we were on Facebook Live for the first time ever, Big Ugly. Yeah, very weird experience, but cool. (laughs) We we had at least, and I just checked the number again, it was in 30 minutes, we had 661 people at least view it. Because uh, we were on there for 30 minutes. Right. And then when I checked it again, like two minutes later, there was 735. So now it's posted so people can actually see the video. So uh, We're like Facebook famous, man. We this are. When we put ourselves over, you know, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. And we got, we got Jason Drake over, too. We got Jason Drake over. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought you'd do a pretty good way of getting yourself over. I but, mean, I you thought, know. you know, getting getting the Maryland title got me over a little bit. It did. You know, I mean, your, your ring announcing, it definitely... It definitely helps when I'm out there. Oh, well, thank Gives me that extra boost of confidence. Hey, man. And, you know, and now that you're technically a face, uh, you know, you were tweening, but technically I guess you're a face now, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I can actually give you a little bit more verve and a little bit more oomph, because if you were a heel, I'd have to kind of talk lower and kind of be like, Jason Drake. Now I'm like, Jason Drake! You know, not maybe not like that, but, you know. That was really exciting. <laughs> Wasn't it, though? Didn't that you was, just get, that like, was some extra yeah. excitement I'm not used to. <laughs> Didn't you? That, see, that just gave you some hype right there. there so you next time when you come out there when we do that, maybe it will make 13. Please do that. I'll be like, please. <laughs> EWA Maryland champion Jason Drake. I will do it. Watch, I will do it. It's kind of like big uh, ugly dying in the right, yeah. <laughs> dying in the seat, but like, just losing it. I'm gonna do it and I'll see look what happens. For him. I'll see. I'll yeah. look for that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> now here's a here's a vision that I have in my head. So the vision is you, Jason Drake, standing up at the announce table with one foot up, and you're holding up the Maryland championship high above your head. 
it just that gave me the you've had the Maryland championship for almost a year, had some great matches with some great competitors, but that right there was you taking ownership. You could you you've done that in the ring on the turnbuckles and you've walked back at the entrance and held the belt up, but standing high above everybody at Tall Cedars Hall, basically taking your place on the top of the mountain saying, "I'm the man, I'm the champion." Now, who's going to knock me off? That was do a dope you, visual. Do you man. feel that, Big yeah, Ugly? Yeah. I, I was there, so I got to see it. That was a dope visual, man. That was cool. Yeah, well. did, did you feel at that time that you were, you know, a little bit more uh, confident in yourself? Were you actually taking the claim to the throne right there? Did you feel that, or was that just something for you to do? No, it definitely wasn't something for me to just do. I, there was definitely, you know, an emotion. I, I have some confidence now. I've been defending this belt for a while, wrestling against some really top talent. You know, as much as as much as me and hashtag Pat Anthony are at odds and and have our our you know heat between us, he's a great competitor. He's you know I can't take that away from him. Um, you know, and he'll do anything he can to win. And while I don't necessarily agree with some of the tactics, I do respect the the anything to win. I can I can respect that. Um, but when that happened, it, it happened right after the match that Rayburn and Corey Bush had, mm-hmm. the number one contendership match in the steel cage for my title. Right. And right after Rayburn picked up the victory, G just started grilling me, staring me down, and I wasn't gonna take that and, and like cower away. So I stood up and said, you know, bring it. I'll defend this against anybody, anytime, and and you're no different. Yeah. He ain't I, never scared, man. No, he's not. I've never seen Jason Drake scared. Um, always willing to walk into any situation under any circumstances, and that's fantastic. And Rayburn, EWA Pro Wrestling, that may not happen in the future now, but there are a lot of competitors vying for a lot of titles, supremacy, you know, buying for a lot of them. They want them all. But there's a lot of competitors that want that Maryland championship. And I see a lot of great matches in the future, a lot of potential. And I see that Maryland title being sort of the the go-to title. This is the title that you want to have. This is the title that you want to defend. You know, the EWA Heavyweight Championship, hashtag Pat Anthony has that. That's still under the stigma of supremacy is what it is. But the Maryland Championship, that's the workhorse title. That's the, that's the, that's the title that where you want to see that big five-star match because these are the guys that want to be the main event. And I've said it to you offline and online. I'll say it to you right now. I see Jason Drake in the main event. What do you think, Big Ugly? Oh, I mean, that's like without a doubt. And, I mean, Jason Drake knows this. He, he knows it. And, I mean... I'll take the compliment, though. Right. And so, all he's got to do is just go straight past that Pat Anthony. Might be a little hard getting there because supremacy around him, but... That's right. But you've got Rizzo with you. you got the rabid Rizzo with you. And yep. you've got... you got the rest of EWA with you, man. I think you have Forget EWA country, all of them, yeah, behind you. Uh, is that in your sights? I mean, uh, we don't know what's going to happen at EWA Faith No More 3 interaction, but is the heavyweight championship in your sights as well as having the Maryland title? I mean, I think anybody is gunning for for the heavyweight title in most companies. That's kind of your your top. That's that's the I am the representative for this company. It's usually the face of the company is that is that heavyweight belt. You know, you're you're at the top of the food chain at that point. You're the mm-hmm. big bad dog. Um, you know, right now Pat's got it and he's held on to it uh, after a hellacious EWA cage match, EWA Rage in the Cage match against Joey Badami. Joey Badami. Um, mm. And they. You know, watching that match, I was not, I was not jealous of either one of them at that point. The, the kind of pain and and you know, just what they put their bodies through, 
coming off the top of the cage, going through trash cans off the top of the cage, just all sorts of craziness. Uh, but you know, if I get that shot, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think anybody would would be able to say, yeah, definitely, I'm looking at at the bigger bigger title if I can get to it, if I can get to that heavyweight title. But I'll gladly defend both if I have both. I'll defend the Maryland title anytime. You know. I'm looking to take every belt I can. Maybe I'll be the next Grand Slam champion ah. of, uh, of EWA if I if I play my cards right. I, I could see that. Definitely. I could see that. Now, I, I'm, go, I'm we're going to get a little deep here because uh, I want to I yeah, want to break out. Just go deep. I'm go, I'm going deep. Very deep. So we we've talked about this a little bit offline. Now the loss of Desert Storm and the company, the loss of TJ Sykes and the company, uh, they have been mainstays and they have been main eventers and they have been focal points of EWA Pro Wrestling for the better part of three, four, five years even. Uh, Jason Drake, you came in a couple years ago, um, <clears throat> made an impact almost immediately and uh, are now the Maryland champion for almost a year. So is this company in trouble? That's what I want to talk about because you're on the inside. You're on the inside of the ring. You're on the inside of the company. I am sort of an outsider looking in, but I want to I want to know from your perspective: Is this company in trouble, or is this the opportunity to shuffle the deck and actually change things up, give some new people some new opportunities? And this is our own superstar shakeup. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, it, how do you see this? How do you see this? I mean, EWA has been around for long before I came into the picture, and I'm. You know, pretty sure as long as you know you got the the team that runs it doing what they do, it'll stay around. Uh, I think this is probably just a shuffling of the deck, kind of a changing of the guard situation. Uh, I know some people are a little little concerned, maybe, but I do believe that there is still talent waiting in the wings that that the fans have not seen yet, that have been you know cutting their teeth at the Pain Factory, ready to step up and uh, fill any any empty slots. That have been opened up by you know talent leaving and pursuing other other places other other avenues in their careers i wish those guys who who stepped away all the best Mm -hmm. um you know i wish them all the luck in the world and hope their futures go exactly as they want but i don't think ewa is going to fade i think you know this is just a it's a transitionary period and i think we're going to see it grow and it's done this before there's been different changes of the guards uh, before, um, and it's still kicking around. I mean, we had EWA raising the cage had one of the biggest like drawings I've ever seen in that building before yeah. standing room only. And I think you know we can take that as as a good meter for you know the fact that there's still fans out there that want to come and support EWA. They're still a strong EWA country, and I don't think they'll they'll step away uh, just because there's new talent in the building. Yeah, and even so, I think that would be more encouraging, something to come see a show. Like, you know, we're not going to see the same old, I'm not saying the same old rehash thing, but, you know, you're not going to see the same people. You're going to see different people, different opportunities. And Big Ugly, you you know, you know this watching pro wrestling, too, the the way we dissect it and book everything. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, you know, I I, I agree with um, Jason Drake. You know, I don't think that this is you know, dispels trouble. Um, I mean, we've seen this from top to bottom, you know, even if we go all the way to the top with WWE, we've seen them lose big stars, you know, it's like when The Rock and Stone Cold left, you know, was everybody just going to tuck them run? Oh, it's all over. It's like, no, other guys stepped up. I look at it as two things. You can have two attitudes about this. You can be, you can be with the company and you can say, oh man, these two guys left. This is a sinking ship. I'm going to jump off now. Or you can say, you know what? I've got just as much talent as them. I'm going to step up, 
and I'm going to be the star, and I'm going to take that place, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep it going. And I feel like if you have that attitude, the company has nothing to worry about. And so if all the guys on the roster ha- has that same attitude, it's nothing to worry about because at some point, it, nothing lasts forever, you know. So at some point, other guys are going to have to step up. They're going to have to take their place. We're looking at one of the guys right now. So, you know, I, I, I don't see it really being a, a troublesome thing. I agree. Uh, I I think it's just all about opportunity. It's it's how you look at it. It's how you take it, you know. And if you take it, if if these individuals like Jason Drake right here, if he's going to take it as you know what, this is my time to shine. This is my time to step up and not only stand on top of the announce table, but stand on top of the world and take this up. That's something we could see at Faith No More Three. Uh, interaction. Oh yeah, and uh, just to just to speak about that, speak. I mean, look at look at what happened with one of our newcomers, Jesse O'Ryan. Oh my, Jesse man O'Ryan came out there, first match in in Tall Cedars. Right, first his, pro his match. First pro match against Ring of Honor's Ken Phoenix, mm-hmm. and he picked up the win. He sure did. And not only did he pick up the win, he had that entire crowd roaring on fire. I mean, I was. I was sitting in the back, just I honestly just shoot here. I was up on top of a ladder looking over the entrance just to get, you know, eyes on this match and to see, you know, this kid knocked it out of the park. And I think, you know, that's just one of those one of one, you know, example of that young, hungry talent who's coming in and waiting in the wings to kind of step up and, and, you know, take that mantle that that's been left. Um, And if if. You know, more of the the EWA talent that's that's waiting can make that same kind of impact, come in with that same fire and that same passion and the same drive Jesse has had. I definitely don't see it being a problem. I like that. Love it. I I do. EWA gonna keep growing. EWA country, and you know, tickets are uh, pretty inexpensive. You know, fifteen dollar front row if you can get any. They might be sold out by now. Twelve dollars general admission. It's the best ticket in town, and you get the most action. You know, come on now. It's fantastic. But um, more about uh, EWA Pro Wrestling into Jason Drake. Let's talk a little bit more about Jason Drake right now. Um, Rizzo's not here. No. But that's okay. You know, unfortunately. She's, unfortunately. But that's okay because Rizzo is with you and, you know, in spirit and in all actuality. You know, you two are the deal. Yeah. So that's good. So, uh, you know, you can talk as much or as little about this as you want out, you know, as as far as life in general. Life good? Life's okay? Everything's going to be all right? Everything's going to be all right. We're going to keep on kicking, keep on going. Um, You know, a little bit of health stuff after my last show, but I'm getting over that. I'm I'm finding answers, and I'm going to keep on, keep it on. And to follow that, you know, follow Jason Drake. Make sure you follow him and come see him because, uh, you know, as far as health is concerned, I've seen this guy battered and bloodied and, uh, you know, moonsaulting off of things. You know, I, I've seen you at, at your worst yes. a couple of times. Yes. And you look at you. You're sitting here now the EWA Maryland champion. Yep. Where's the belt? Where's uh, the belt? It's getting shined up somewhere. I think EWA, the, the management said they needed to... to Fix some of the face plates and take care of it for me. They're gonna give it back. I did but, better uh, give it back. You know, I fought for that. <laughs> did. I've I've bled for that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You earned that. I did. But um, yeah. So EWA Pro Wrestling. We talked a lot about it on the first segment. We talked a lot about it on this segment. And I think uh, it's a good way to transition. Maybe take a small break, Big Ugly. Yeah. Well, I did want to say. Yeah, ball. Before go ahead. we go to break, 
You had said that we would talk to Jason Drake about the curb stomp, which that piqued my interest because you hadn't told me that. So I was interested what you were going to... Oh, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't there yet. I was going to actually throw that in when our conversation with Randy Orton, but let's throw it in now. <laughs> my bad. That's okay. Why don't we do that now? Let's, okay. let's do it now because the interest there? is peaked. So we're not going to take a break right now. We're going to talk about one of the uh, most violent looking moves in the entire world of professional wrestling, the curb stomp. Now, this is something that, I'm sorry, not Randy Orton, but um, the uh, Seth, Rollins. Seth Rollins, thank you, uh, who has now changed his finisher once again, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, was it Seth Rollins that inspired this curb stomp? Uh, you know, I watched Seth Rollins' work back in Ring of Honor, and um, he was using it back then. Mm-hmm. He was using the stomp, and... It was similar to a lot of, like, my moves are a lot of kicks and everything, and I mm-hmm. saw that, and uh, I was a fan. It looked looked brutal. It is brutal, um, but it can finish a match. Mm-hmm. It is an exclamation point when that is hit. Um, and at the time, he wasn't using it, and I, I liked it. Um, and it's It was around my moveset, if, if you notice. Um, and one of the things that I think a lot of, you know, fans don't, don't recognize sometimes as, as a wrestler's move set has to weaken up a part of a body. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it, fans can relate to it through this way. How many fans have played the old or any any WWE game and you see when you're when you're beating up a character and they got that that torso and that body uh, display on there and you see that the colors turn yellow and they turn orange and then they turn red when you know you've been working it for a while. Mm-hmm. It's the same way in an actual ring. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to work a body part so that your finishing move is even more effective. And mine was a lot of kicks, a lot of headshots, neck breakers. You know, definitely some some pain to the neck, the head, the upper torso. And I watched that move once back when it was he was still using it on the indies and was like, I like it, I like it. <laughs> I was catching up on his stuff after like his post WWE debut, but he wasn't using it at the time. And I said, I'm gonna start using that. Um, and that's where I got it from. I, you know, it. I hit it the first time. I remember my trainer. I was working with him, and uh, he watched me do it once. He goes, "That looks like money," and he's like, "And it looks devastating." He's like, "Keep doing it," and it just stuck. And I've been using it ever since. I think it. And when we were talking about finishers on the last podcast, <clears throat> I think that is a finish. I don't think if you get stomped into the ground head first, I don't think you should be getting up. That's And that's why I like it, because it's definitely a finisher that it looks like a finisher. If you were in a real fight, you know, and you stomp somebody's head in the ground, it's a wrap. Yep. Um, you know, and we, we talked about it on a previous podcast why Vince banned it, you mm-hmm. know, just because he just got into a mindset of he could see uh, Shane doing that to Stephanie when they were little. So he's like, I don't want to see it anymore. God damn it, pal. So <laughs> so what do you think about the, uh, the move? I mean, at being a professional, like, do you find it dangerous like every time you go to set it up like do you find it risky or is it is it a safe finisher or and just how do you view it in general go ahead shoot shoot with it shoot with it shoot all with right it. shoot with it if we're shooting um you know this is a move that it there is the potential i think for it to go wrong uh, and but I that's think that's with every move. That's with every move. Almost. You know, I one of my other moves was uh, I used to do a shooting star press from the top rope, and there's so much of a window of like error for that to you know something that you don't rotate the right way. I've had the rope roll on me, and this is a move that I chose because um, there's not a lot of risk to me. But the other thing is, is I train so much so that I can accommodate for whatever happens out there, and I have never 
uh, seriously injured another competitor with this move. Just enough um, to put him down for a three count. Just enough to put him down for the three count. I've never se- There's never been a serious injury. There's been enough for a three count. Um, and I, you know, I think the Vince has a has a point. I think there are, I think there there is a, a, a level of brutality to this sport. But I mean, by the same token, there's still people out there doing pile drivers. Mm. There's still people out there doing, you know, I mean, I could stop somebody easy, but somebody's brother could pick up their sibling and just like choke slam them. Mm-hmm. You know, th- when you start looking at well, what what should the kids not be doing? It's kind of you start limiting almost everything out there. <laughs> I mean, you punch somebody the wrong way, you can knock them out and really hurt them. Um, and I think it, it's a tough it's a tough avenue to kind of go for Vince, but I understand his mentality. But I think uh, it comes down to the parenting at that point. It's got to be you know these kids. There's a disclaimer all the time. You know, don't come across these rails. Do not get in this ring. Be trained. We always like promote the school at every show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I was with my friends. We we do dumb stuff like this all the time and like watch it and, and replicate it. But I think, you know, kids are going to replicate what they're going to replicate. You're going to see it in a video game. You're going to see it anywhere. I don't think that, you know, this is something that shouldn't be done in a ring uh, just because, you know, a kid might do it to another kid. At that point, you're getting into the arguments they had where video games are too violent and it's making kids do this. I think it comes down to, you know, making sure the parents, if they're taking their, their kids to these live events and they're taking their kids and they're letting their, their kids watch these shows, there is a PG rating on WWE, parental guidance. You know, you have to have that parent that goes, listen, do not do this to your brother. Do not do this to your friends. Do not do this to your sibling. Um, and that could be said for any television show you watch, any movie you watch. You know, it's all, a lot of that stuff is more violent and brutal than professional wrestling exactly. is. Even at, at its height in the Attitude Era when there was, you know, people crotch chopping and there was sexual innuendo and there was more blood and things oh, like yeah. that. But it's like you see a heck of a lot worse just watching regular television, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right. And this is, uh, you know, not just uh, cable television that you got to buy. I'm talking like regular network television. Yep. That anybody can, if you have a television, television signal, internet, you can buy it. So, or you can get it. I agree with you. Um, I, I think though, the with the curb stomp, because it is one of those moves that is just so final. I mean, that is like literally a gunshot to the head. I mean, it's it is the you like you said you can't not finish somebody with that curb. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, if it was a mid-match maneuver, maybe Vince wouldn't have such a look on it. Maybe if it was something that was kind of in the shuffle, but since those finishers are always the ones that are you know, video documented and over video documented and talked about and everything like that. That's what they, you know, like when Seth Rollins won the title with the Money in the Bank briefcase at WrestleMania and he won it with the curb stomp. Yep. You know, they don't show that anymore. They show him winning the title, but they don't show how. And they don't talk about how. So it's one of those moves that if he makes an example out of that move or even certain versions of the pile driver, let's say, that are outlawed at this point, mm-hmm. um, you know, certain versions of, I'm not even sure, the running power bomb actually crippled draws, but some, some people still use that. You know what I mean? It's very selective and it's very how, you know, it plays into a match. Is it something people are going to remember? Is it going to be worked into the shuffle? Because... If you tell a great story in a match, it's not going to be necessarily about the moves that you're pulling off. It's what you're doing with those moves. Yep. If you're telling a story, it's going to be like, oh, man, this guy came back from this, and this guy was hurt, and this guy's fighting back, and this guy wants to fight up from underneath. These are the stories that you want to tell with the move sets. 
It's just my opinion. I like to curb stomp, and I like you doing it. So <laughs> keep doing it. Yeah. And maybe you will uh, curb stomp hashtag Pat Anthony into winning the EWA Heavyweight Championship. What do you think of that? I curb stomped him into winning the title that I have now. You, the you Maryland did. Title, and That's I right. curb stomped him into keeping that Maryland title when I've been across the ring from him. That's so. right. Why yeah. not be able why to not? do it again? Exactly. If it's worked once, why can't I pick up another belt off of him with it? So if we, we are safe to assume, Big Ugly, if we see the curb stomp from Jason Drake on hashtag Pat Anthony, we will see the new. The new. The new. EWA heavyweight champion, Jason Drake. <laughs> I'm really going to do that. I'm really going to do that. What kind of monster yeah. have we created? <laughs> That's what I do. Hey, you know, how about uh, unless we have a tangent, we should take a break right now. Sure. And then we're going to come back and talk all things WWE and anything else pro wrestling related that comes up. So, Jason Drake, why don't you uh, give us some words of wisdom to take us into the break? Words of wisdom take us into the break. So, we just got done talking about uh, wrestling moves. If you're not trained, don't go out there hitting your friends with these things. They're dangerous. Maybe a couch or something. But also, go get trained if you want to wrestle. Come down to the EWA Pain Factory. Uh, You won't regret it. We have returned. I was waiting for Big Ugly to give me the finger. Not that finger, but the the finger. Because he always gives me the finger of the thumb, say, hey, we're recording, it's time to go. So uh, we are here back for our third segment of this Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are sitting here with... Jason Drake. No, no. We're sitting here with Jason Drake! Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know if that's going to come across loud. It might be going into the red options when uh, you know when you're hearing that. But uh, Jesus, you see a big wave I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Hey, let's talk about payback. None of us owes anybody any money at this table, but this pay per view is called Payback, and uh, Big Ugly's apparently thinking of taking a swig of water for the working man. Uh, you know, Deer Park water, <laughs> things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the next Raw exclusive pay-per-view is actually going to be Extreme Rules, which is going to be in Baltimore, Maryland. Yay. Um, but then the next one they just announced this week is going to be named Great Balls of Fire. And Lesnar will be defending the belt at that one as well. At Great Balls of Fire? Yes. He'll be defending the Oh, the internet's been having a field day with it. Uh, yeah. There's already, uh, what are it, memes and things like that? There's yeah. There's a... Things like that. I, what? 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 Can anybody explain well, this what, to me? What? What was typically the one after pay, uh, Extreme Rules? Hmm. Uh, you know, was mon- it Money in the Bank? Money in the Bank will be in June, I think. Money in the Bank's two weeks after Extreme Rules. Okay. So, but this one's now, I think, in July, and I thought they. I mean, in July they've had a couple of different names for shows, uh, but I. I don't know what this one's supposed to be replacing, or if this is just an additional show. Because they don't have the Great American Bash anymore. Right. That was a WCW name, and the WWE tried to use that. And I'm, I like the Great American Bash. I think that's a great name. Um, but what, who, what, what, I, I don't know. The Google machine may tell us, you know, great balls, great of, fire. balls of fire. Like, why? Like, did Vince Russo, like, jump ship and come back to work for WWE <laughs> for just, like, five minutes, and this is what he came up with, and then Vince said, oh, damn it. I like, love it. I love it. But that's, No. Damn it, you're fired again. God. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
Uh, it's it's just a Raw exclusive brand pay-per-view, and Brock Lesnar will be defending his championship. That's great. Um, his special attraction. And then, of course, he'll defend it in, at SummerSlam, I'm sure. You know, he'll come back yeah, to SummerSlam. Definitely. That's a big show. But as uh, Jason Drake looks up payback... Do you think he'll it, carry it to WrestleMania again? He should. I don't see anybody beating him. I don't see anybody... I mean, Goldberg had that stigma about him where he beat him quickly, and but... Brock Lesnar took care of that, yeah. but nobody else on the main right. roster like has even that aura of Goldberg. Right. And or, I guess they have to build him back up after that. Like, oh Lesnar? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They they need to build him back up and give him a couple of big wins over some couple right. of big people. Oh yeah. By the way. By the uh, way. Great Balls of Fire is apparently replacing Bad Blood. Mm. Bad Blood. Bad Blood. Okay. Well, I guess they can't have blood like you know regular blood, so I guess they can't have Bad Blood either. You know that's terrible. Yeah. Wasn't it Bad Blood where Kane premiered when Michaels was fighting Undertaker? Um, was that Bad Blood? Was in that? your house, Bad Blood? It could have been. I think so. Michaels, right. Undertaker, in the first Hell in the Cell yeah, match. That was 1997, oh, right? Man, so that was of, man do you remember Michaels' that. face was just all red? Yeah. Right yeah, after crazy. getting tossed face first into the outside of the yeah. cage, I was like, oh, man, look, look, look bad. He turned around like, oh, no. <laughs> That was uh, a legendary match. Classic. Very yeah. classic. I'm surprised you got that back into that one, Big Ugly. Yeah, hey, man. You, you usually not with the nostalgia. You usually more up than the recent stuff. Yeah, no, like 90, because I was kind of like Attitude Era beginning. So, yeah, I was in it. I was all the way in okay. it then. Yeah. I can dig yeah. it. Anything before 97, I'm a little shady on yeah. the show. Well, let's talk about 2017 then. Uh, we should all be pretty much up on this. Let's talk about Payback, the Raw exclusive pay-per-view with has a couple of SmackDown superstars yeah. on it. Which we <laughs> talked about, we were not, both of us said at the beginning that we weren't thrilled about this. Yeah, we did say we're not thrilled about it. Now, before we get into the details, um, just knowing, you know, what matches are on this pay-per-view, uh, Jason Drake, are you excited about this show at all, or is it just kind of like, eh, it is what it is? I mean, it kind of feels... Feels a bit like an eh, it is what it is type. Like I, there's some of these matches we've just seen over and over again recently, and you know that add a stipulation to it, and it seems like you know WWE's been in this habit of 50-50 booking lately, mm -hmm. which kind of you know one person wins and then sorry, right, well we can't bury him, so we gotta let the other person win now, and it's kind of just they're losing these these really well-drawn, well-built characters that kind of are able to, to put people down and kind of get some momentum. It seems like there hasn't been much momentum lately back and forth. Um, I will say, you know, the Hardys, I think, have come back and been on fire mm -hmm. recently. Uh, they had great matches with uh, both Cesaro and Sheamus. Individually. Individually. Uh, and I think they won both of them, didn't they? Yeah. They came up on top. So, you know, they're they're – Getting some uh, some traction. We'll see if that continues on. I really want to see the Broken Hardys. I, they're so I, I understand, you know, um, we call it uh, trademarks and whatever the case may be. But there's shades of it. Like well, Matt brings out the face and they do the delete thing. I want to see it. Well, but I guess you can't just throw yourself into that. I from, guess you got to. From what I read, WWE wants it. And, oh, yeah, they do. And they are negotiating with TNA to try and get the rights to do this. So, Give them what they want. So, yeah, so I think that we're going to see it. I think, but you mentioned it before because you said that they would build to it. Right. And I think that that's what we're going to see. So yeah. they're probably going to go through whatever negotiation process they have to do, and then they'll build to it. I feel like a good sign is if we stop seeing Matt Hardy 
do certain things that like lead back to that. You know what I'm saying? Like if he stops doing delete and just like stops it completely, yeah, then it might mean that they're going to like build to it. I, I hope they do because and then slow builds are always good instead of just you know popping things on you know pop, you know getting the Hardys in there at WrestleMania that was great and that was a great great surprise but they need to do the slow build they have so much programming to get through and at the slow build it's going to be great and it's more more reason to watch Monday Night Raw every week you know what I mean yes so I mean I'm sure you're a fan we talked about this before you're a fan of the Hardys yep yep if you've always been a fan of the Hardys probably weren't for Jeff I would probably not have gotten into wrestling like as a as a pro wrestler myself. That's right. You can hear that on the Archive Dirty Ugly yeah. Wrestling podcast yeah. with Jason Drake and Miss Rizzo. Yeah. Dude, I don't think I asked you this before, but uh, yeah, I know you're a Jeff Hardy fan, So, and we were just talking about the curse. Have you ever tried doing Swanton? Yep. Oh, yeah. I've tried it. I've, I've hit it. I've done it, actually, in a match off the top to the outside of the ring on a few people. Nice. <laughs> they were standing. I'm not... Something about, like, oh, well, I'm going to s- slam my bed. That's... Potential injury for everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jason Drake and then Jeff Hardy and then the, the correlation there. It's all fun. And, and I'm excited to see. And that's one of the matches that's on uh, this payback pay-per-view tonight. And that is um, the Hardy Boys, still called the Hardy Boys. Uh, Matt and Jeff using the classic Hardy Boy music. Taking on Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Who wins, guys? Hardys. Okay. I think Hardys, yeah. they have to. It, it, it's too early to, to, for them to drop the belts that quickly. Um, it'll be a good match. It'll probably be uh, back and forth. You know, they, they've got victories over both Cesaro and Sheamus, and I see it um, not, not fully letting them, like, job out, basically. Like, I don't think it'd be smart for Cesaro and Sheamus to, like, for WWE to have them just get beat up the whole match. I think we're going to see a lot of... A lot of physicality, especially from their side, but, you know, the Hardys are going to bring that, that kind of X factor they have, that, you know, flight, the, the, the teamwork, the fact they've been together for so long. We've seen dysfunction in both Sheamus and Cesaro before. Right. Um, but, you know, I think the Hardys are going to take it. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, I think that what they're doing with the Hardys is kind of different than what we talk about with the Dudleys, where they're not just bringing the Hardys back as, like, you know, older guys that's going to help put over the young generations, but I think they're trying to set them up as top stars again in the WWE. Mm-hmm. So i say they take a one. Okay. Uh, now, there's two things that I can add to this. So as we talked about, uh, individual wins by Matt and Jeff Hardy over Cesaro and Sheamus recently on Monday Night Raw. So normally when you have, okay, the Hardy boys are over, the Hardy boys are over, now do we complete the trifecta and put the Hardy Boys over at the pay-per-view as well without burying Sheamus and Cesaro? I think there's a way, and I'm always looking for the opposite angle, so mm-hmm. I'm looking for Sheamus and Cesaro to split eventually um, because they can't ride this way forever. And they, even though it was a long stretch of matches, they did have a lot of great matches together against each other, and they never finished it. It ended in a damn tie <laughs> their whole series i don't want to see one more series i want to see one more match yeah between the two of them and then i want to see them go off on their separate ways and uh that i i think the the split could happen like there could be some miscommunication between sheamus and cesaro and that's how the hardy boys can get over so it's not it. burying one or bear you know making the other look like a superstar but then it's also setting up for another storyline how do you pretty, feel about that that'd be pretty dope i so, can definitely see it um and i you know i'm Actually, this this partnership between Cesaro and Sheamus, like I didn't used to be big on Sheamus. Yeah. But uh, he's 
really actually trying to step up to where Cesaro's work rate is. I think it's kind of it, it drove him as a performer to go, all right, you know, everybody's cheering for Cesaro. I feel like I'm lagging behind here in terms of fan reaction and just the excitement. And he stepped up. I mean, whatever that uh, – the flying like reverse crossbody he does in the corner where he like hits the leg lariat basically mm. and rolls out to the outside like yeah. never thought I'd see a big guy like Sheamus doing that kind of stuff it was usually the big guy who did stuff like that with Cesaro so I think he's kind of trying to step his his game up to kind of to stay in line and, and keep that same you know level of, of uh, work rate that Cesaro has that's a good um, point I never thought of it like and that. so I Absolutely. could definitely you know, see them going, well, let's put them back against each other again, see if they can elevate each other that much higher. And I think, you know, I don't I don't see their team as one that has a, a real longevity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they do have to break up at some point between the two of them. But, yeah, we saw their last big match, like their big feud end in a tie mm-hmm. after a best of seven, ended in a tie. It's a very awkward tie, too. I remember them just walking out. Everyone's like, what's happening? So I was like, bring it. And they're like, no, we're wheeling him off, or he's walking away. Extremely really strange, awkward. and it, it almost seemed like unplanned, or like it just kind of happened on the fly. Like, did like, that series over, you know, overcome everybody's expectations? Because I didn't really see much out of that. But those matches kept getting better and better. They did. They time. really did. They did. And the last one was great. It's like you know, have they elevated each other to the point so much as we can't put one guy over? We just have to end it in a tie. Just to see, just because of the conversation we're having now, like what does happen in the future, and can we bank off of this in the future? Well, I think so we could. I it, think it's possible. Could. Or was this all planned where they were like, "All right, we ended in a tie, right?" And because the matches just kept getting better, and then it's kind of one of those you can't beat them, so join them kind of deal, and they come together as a tag team, which they did reluctantly, but they started having success. Then they have the big split. And they're like, well, you know what? We, we got to finish this. And then, bang. And then there you go. And then we have one one big match. Yeah, one I don't want to see two or yeah. three. I just want to see one. And, and Jason Drake, you alluded to something earlier. Normally after WrestleMania, we do see a couple of rematches. You know, a couple of the same matches happen with different stipulations over and over again. Normally it's on the next night on Raw and then the next night on SmackDown. But they've dragged a couple of them out. Oh, yeah. Um, so this should be the end of the WrestleMania storylines today. And then just... On to new things. So it the, should be. The new season pretty much starts. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because WrestleMania is... You would think that WrestleMania should be the end-all, be-all, everything, but it actually just kind of starts a couple of other things, and then what it happens is then you see it on Raw and SmackDown, and then the next pay-per-view, and then maybe the next SmackDown pay-per-view, which I think is Backlash a couple weeks from now. Um, so we may see a little bit more there, but after that, it's done. I think we, we're moving on. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of the stuff, like, it was, it was stories that... I think many, at least myself, I know, expected like them to culminate at WrestleMania. Right. The story's building to it. And then it's like, uh, they just continued it. Right. And it was with the same two guys. And it's like, all right, wait a minute. Like, I thought that was it. Why is that not it? Why are we dragging this out even further? Yeah. We've seen it. Let's use that as a starting point or a jumping point to get to other stories. But... They've just kept them. And we talked about this, too, I think, last time. Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose were on the kickoff show of WrestleMania with the Intercontinental title, and that match just dragged on for, like, 18 minutes, and it wasn't 
bad per se, but it just wasn't good. And then on SmackDown Live, a couple nights later, they had a street fight against each other, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was great, and it told so much more of a story. Uh, so you know, sometime, and maybe we'll see that when we get into some other matches on this card because we got a couple more WrestleMania rematches to go. But let's capitalize on the tag team real quick because in the kickoff show of this pay per view of Payback, we've got Enzo and Big Cass. Like you said, if they didn't win the titles, they might be going down somewhere. They're on a kickoff show now. Yeah, I told you, man. Against Gallows and Anderson, which are again fantastic talents, but nothing to do, not you know nothing to do with them. I think that they just use this. Uh, they have personality and friendships with all these people. Call themselves the good brothers and everything like that. Part of the club, part of the clique. They got to use more of that stuff, man. They they get more over. Yeah. They're very talented. But uh, do, do you guys have any hope for this kickoff match at all? Enzo and Cass versus Gallows and Anderson. And who do you think is going to win? Go ahead, anybody. Uh, I'll start off. So, I uh, I have I have no hope for this match. I, I feel like I've seen it a lot now. We have. Um, so I'm not really that interested in it. Okay. Um, and I, I'm I'm thinking that uh, Gallows and Anderson probably the club probably go over. Is my thoughts. And then do Enzo and Cass just fade away? I don't think Enzo and Cass is going to fade away. I think that WWE looks at them as two guys that are over no matter what. Yeah. So it's like if they you know if. Anderson and Gallows beat them, right? It's like, well, that'll just put Anderson and Gallows up over, but it won't really hurt Enzo and Cass because they've got so much charisma. You know, they're so entertaining when they come out on a mic that it's like the fans just love them regardless. Right. Which is also, I think, their hesitation about putting titles on them because they just feel like they don't need them. But they don't. I. They don't. But I feel like in some, in my when I'm looking at it, I feel like it hurts them. Like the way they lose matches and like. You know, they like they haven't won a title yet. Like even they haven't, right? And that's what I was going to say. They didn't win win any titles in NXT, but they were the most over thing there. And then they came up to the main roster, and even after the WrestleMania crowd was over, they still got everybody saying their shtick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So maybe they don't need the titles, but it's nice to have them. You know, but maybe they're just going to be that part of the show where they're just going to kick off the show, or they're going to just pump up the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, but I look at it like this: like the New Day, the New Day didn't need titles. They were super over no matter what, they but like the they had the titles, right? Like a and year. It, right, exactly. And it made them look like a dominant tag team, like they could win in big match situations. So they don't need the titles, but it's like when you have a team that just looks like they can't win when it all matters, it's like, just doesn't doesn't look good. I feel you. Jason Drake. Yeah, I think the same thing. I think um, it's something I think we've seen too many times. Mm-hmm. And it's not, not for lack of, of talent on either part. I... I'm a fan of both teams, you know, I really, I've always dug the kind of charisma and, and you know, the mic skills that, thank you, that uh, Enzo has. Mike. <laughs> the mic. Good Sorry. lord. Sorry. No, Enzo is really good on the microphone, you know. Yeah. And, and Big Cass is getting better, actually. And yeah, Cass is getting better, and I think, you know, I was listening to uh, Cass on an interview recently, and I think it might be getting to that point where they may. I, it might be early, but they might split them apart and see what they can do with them. You, you, know? you think that's a good idea? It's gonna have to happen eventually. Every team yeah. does it at some point. Uh, absolutely. And I, you know, it's just a matter of when, not an if. Um, and I think I could see Enzo being either he could probably he could go in the manager role for Kaz, almost like playing a second to him. Or, you know, who knows? What if they do something crazy and they throw him like the cruiserweight? Two hundred five live. Two hundred five live. You know, add some more much-needed life and charisma to some of those characters. Yeah. The talent's all there. I just think sometimes the charisma and, and the mic skills and the character 
is a little lacking is in, that a, in 205 Live. Is that a, Would that be a downgrade for him, though? No. I don't think so. It depends on how he's used. I yeah, don't, this I don't is how we think, talk to it. It depends on what you do with it. Yeah, it depends on what you do with it. Now, you know, because I don't think... I don't look at Neville or Austin Aries as, as being, like, you know, second-rate guys. Those are both very much top guys over there on that on that brand right now. Um, and I, I don't take anything away from either of them. I don't think, you know, fans do either. People that I talk to, they're both... I mean, look at what Neville and Gallagher did at the... Uh, or Gallagher did... Gallagher. At, when they wrestled on the pay-per-view. People were saying that was probably one of the top matches of the whole night. People are also saying that about Neville and Austin Aries in the kickoff show at WrestleMania. Because they went good uh, 16, 18 minutes as well. And that was a fan. You didn't see it. No. I don't think you did. Oh, it was a great match. It was a great match. And it's a good segue. But finish what you were saying, Jason. And, you know, those guys, they've, they've... you know, people can look at it as a second-rate show, but I don't. I don't think so. I think it just needs more characters. If you look at the talent involved there, um, it's very much about the move set and the skills. But there's not a whole lot of character there. They've been, you know, kicking around Alicia Fox back and forth from guy to guy. <laughs> which I mean, what does that say about her? Right, She's yeah, right. from dude to dude. <laughs> Looks pretty bad. Uh, you know, and Cedric Alexander's out. Uh, they just turned T.J. Perkins heel. That's a strange odd. one. Yeah, I was like weird. that. And it just, like, there wasn't a build to it. It seemed like he just went, all right, I'm healed today. Yeah. Like, I was like, where's the build? Where's the story? Why? I want to know the why. But They really need to change one. his music, though, because he's got this positive pop video game music. Now they have to change it to this, like, you know, section one, two of Mary or da 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 They need to make the, the heel <laughs> holiday. You know, I could see the that. The heel music, you know what I'm saying? And still keep the same theme, but do the heel thing, but... I agree with everything that is being said here. It needs to be more character, more charisma, more life on 205 Live. It's a decent show, and I think they have all the potential in the world in the ring, But they, and especially Neville Turner heel, which we talked about, which is great. Uh, I think he's a great heel character. He's been oh, getting better yeah, on the mic. Oh, yeah, he's phenomenal as a heel. And that's something that NXT may have never even thought of for yeah, him, but when they came up to the main roster, that's how they make him right. relevant. Yeah, and we had talked about that too. That like neither one of us ever saw Neville being nope. a heel, and he's actually probably a better heel than he has been he a babyface. Oh, he's Absolutely. one of the best he heels they've got right now. Yeah, like just his and it's his delivery. Like he, he, you feel like he really believes everything that he's saying to yeah. everybody, and he's just the king of the cruiserweights. Yep, and I think that's why I think Enzo could be you know a much needed shot of life into that. Like because you can't just rest on you know the character of. Neville, Ares, and Gallagher, which are your three top characters over there right now in terms of like actual character kind of stuff. And I think Enzo could potentially be a good addition. It'd be there'd be a transition phase because it's a it's a it's a jump. But I don't think I think he could he could excel there potentially. Right now, because my thing about Enzo is that he doesn't really wrestle in that cruiserweight style to me, like that fast pace. Like, I mean, like. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, you think he could transition to that to that style um, to work like with the Neville? Maybe, but I mean, if you look at it, uh, what about Drew Gulak? Drew Gulak doesn't wrestle like a, a normal cruiserweight style. No. He's kind of he he's very technical mm-hmm. as opposed to like the high flying, right. that, you more know, like a Dean Malenko. Yeah. yeah. So and and I think you you sometimes need that. Like uh, that kind of juxtaposition between the two guys, like one playing the bass and the other one like being able to flip and use the other one as a base. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not saying Enzo would be a base, but I think Enzo, 
Like, I don't think having three matches with the same exact type of wrestling is going to keep the fans interested, especially right. not after that, you know, SmackDown slot. Like, it is 205 Live. They are worn out. And I think you look, that's another big thing. Like, they're kind of tired. They're like, man, we just watched SmackDown. Now we're here for this. And they get all the kind of, like, hype of SmackDown. And then they get, like, some of the relatively unknown guys to, to anyone but, like, the really smart fans, you know, the fans who are really paying attention to the independent scene. And I think Enzo, with his type of charisma and the way he gets that crowd going, you you know, he, he puts a shot of life in the crowd, which might make even, you know, the fans at home kind of see the crowd getting more into it. Yeah. And it'll build the crowd and make the crowd seem like they're more into it. And it could really help on that front. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, and I think Kaz has all the upside in the world as a big guy. He's got charisma and he's got talent and he's just built for this business. Yeah. And see, my, my thing, I guess the reason I looked at it like, or I was asking about a downgrade was just because I looked at it like Enzo, to me, is more over in their tag team. You know, when when you hear the crowd, they're, they're yelling, Enzo, Amore, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Not big cast. And so it's like, I was thinking to myself, like, all right, he's a small guy, but does he have more potential in the future of potentially being like WWE champion than Big Cass does because he is the most entertaining out of the two. Um, Big Cass is, I mean, he's a big guy. He's what Vince likes. He's what the business likes. But, you know, I'm like, is Enzo kind of a Shawn Michaels? He don't wrestle like Shawn Michaels. Like, he yeah, may not right. be at that level. I but see what you're saying. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, so. It's it's impossible. You know, they, they, they can roll the story whichever way they choose and however the fans start to react to both of them. Um, you know, they both worked well individually and both worked well together. But as far as the cruiserweight division, and that's a good segue because there is another match on this card on Payback. And you mentioned both names already, Jason Drake. It's Neville defending the cruiserweight championship against the greatest man who ever lived, Austin Aries. Um, and that gimmick is a little downplayed right now. He's trying to use it. You know, mm-hmm. he's trying to get it up there. But uh, that's a great gimmick. And whether that goes over face or heel, I don't know. I have uh, every... I, I have every feeling that this match actually could steal the show as well tonight. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. It's so on the main card, too. This ain't no pre-show match. So, yeah. well, what do you think? Go ahead, guys. Is, is Aries a heel, or, or is he a face right now? Right now, he's supposed to be playing the face. Okay. But he's... An anti, like he's an anti here because he's not a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a bad guy, but he's so he's in that gray area like Roman Reigns. But people well, like everybody, uh, everybody hates Roman Reigns. But, that's what I yeah, they but, love to hate Roman Reigns. Yeah. We're gonna get into that but, later. But you know, it's like Reigns is supposed to be kind of in the gray area. Like he's supposed to be a I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy. But people are supposed to like him, but everybody just hates him. But it's like Austin Aries is kind of an anti-hero but people just like him mm-hmm. well I, I'd put it this way I think Roman Reigns is a sort of a tweener slash heel as under, by circumstance but I think um, Aries is sort of like in a tweener role from a conscious decision mm-hmm. okay. like I think he's meant to be that because I mean it is a little bit of a difficult kind of role to, like the greatest man that ever lived that's ego driven Mm-hmm. which is a heel-based kind of emotion when you talk about character development. Whereas Roman, they're pushing him as a face, and he, it's just not happening. Whereas Ares, they're kind of putting him in that tweener sort of face spot just by, you know, who he's working, but he's over with the fans. And I think that's where there's the difference between the two. It's true, okay. and he is over. So who goes over tonight between Neville and Austin Aries? The title's on the line, right? The title's on the line. Neville. Neville retains the title. Yeah. Jason Drake. 
Is I could see it with um, help from T.J. Perkins. I'm sorry. Oh, I could see it okay. with help from T.J. Perkins, um, and I don't. I don't know that. Like, if you're not going to put the title on Aries at, at, you know, beforehand in their first, why would you do it now if not just to build? Like, I think it's kind of one of those things where they don't have another guy built up to work them. Okay. Um, kind of one of those like they had a really really good match. We don't have someone to build up to kind of go after Neville yet. We're going to do this again. Because it worked. Now, I have a question for you, Jason Drake. And me and uh, Dirty Mike talked about it. What do you think about Jericho going to the Cruiserweight division? I mean, Jericho wrestled with a lot of those guys who who could have found themselves in a Cruiserweight division if it had been there back when, uh, you know, things were really going well for him. Um, And, like, younger in his career, not they're going poorly now. I just think he's kind of gotten to that point where he's such an elevated talent that it wouldn't work for him to go there now. Like, he's just involved with so many different people um, and so many different, like, uh, main event storylines. And the fans who don't have the network but tune into the weekly television are probably, like, he's a draw for them. Right. Because I know he's a draw for me, and I don't think they'd want to lose those television ratings that could help potentially get them the, the network buys. Hmm. Uh, so I think it'd be tough from a business standpoint. Uh, but do I think he could he could hang with them? I definitely do. I mean, look at him and uh, Neville in their match at Beast in the East. Mm-hmm. Like when they did that, oh, yeah. they, they tore the house down. They sure did. It's great. Uh, so I definitely think he could go. I just don't know that it'd be the correct business move. Uh, for WWE and with him stepping away soon and him being up there in age to go out there and work with a bunch of guys um, who do all the crazy flips and this that and the other I think he could do it but I don't think at this stage in his career it would be a, a smart move on either either part interesting points now we were talking about because you mentioned Neville I just got to throw this out there at you guys um, these guys had a feud back in NXT where is Bo Dallas does he still have a job with the company? Yeah. Okay. I think. He does. Uh, I, <laughs> I haven't heard I, anything otherwise. I think Bo Dallas was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for a couple minutes. Okay. Um, but, you know, we talked about him. You know, he we, he could be a next member of the Wyatt family. He could be in 205 Live. There's just so much more that they could do with him. But I'm not sure what his deal is right now. So, And it's a shame because he was, like, the biggest thing going in NXT forever. And, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like he just came up. He just didn't come up at the right time, I think. Like, uh, I, I think if he was to come up now, like with the brand split and stuff and mm-hmm. with SmackDown or something, I think that they would have let him keep his gimmick, and I feel like they would have gotten him over. Um, but it's just, I, I just think it was bad timing. Yeah, yeah. Prob- you know, you're probably right on that. It probably is bad timing. If you look at it, like, he was on fire down in NXT. Like, if he had taken that and come up and they'd run with that, I think it would have gone much better, but... Uh, you know whether or not it was the fans not getting into him or them not feeling that the character was there enough to really push him once he got to the main roster. Um, you know that's that's all hearsay. Yeah. Like you know, or Vince was sour. Or Vince on was him. sour right. on him. You know, it's it could be a business decision. It could be you know you just don't know why. But um, you know then he found himself in in all these little groups and the what were they the uh, who was. He was in, oh, he was in, what was that, the, uh, the, oh, God, you know, I can't, uh, he was with Heath Slater, the, the, right? The, the, the Curtis Al- Axel Al- and that. Outcast. Al- 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 the Social Outcast. Al- social Outcast, right. I couldn't even and remember it what was it was. Like, it was so bad. As soon as he went down to that slot, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's bad sign. <laughs> yeah. Like, you've been put with all the other guys that they don't know what to do with. Yeah. And to this day, they still don't know what to do with I them. mean, look, where's Curtis Axel? 
Uh, no, very, very true. We hadn't right? seen him either. Right. Heath Slater hasn't yeah. been doing much since him and Rhino lost their titles and they had their little thing. Like, he'll show up, but he's not in anything yeah. major Wait. either. So is, is he? If he Slater and Rhino, are they split? Did they split them? No, they're still on they're the still, same. They split okay. them at first, and then they got like it was weird. Like Rhino's like, "Well, I'm gonna go do my own thing," and then they came back together, and it's like, "Can you guys just yeah th- what right I yeah?" Think, wait, I think they need each what other. What happened there? I think they do need each other at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, lots of tangents, but hey, uh, I think we're all on agreement that uh, Neville will keep. The title. Can I get one more? Tangent? And you got another one tangent. more tangent. While you figure out what you're going to say next, I so, do. I, I got it. Cesaro, I'm ready. We talked about Cesaro. I should have said this earlier. We talked about Cesaro and Sheamus, right? And how they're going to split. Can Cesaro make it as a single star, or is he only good when he's in the tag team? Because he seems to be the most over when he's paired with somebody. Or is that just bad booking from WWE when he's not paired with somebody? I think it's now because what Jason Drake was saying, just pairing them together to get both of them steam. Not only is it bringing Sheamus back up, but it's bringing Cesaro up at the same time. So if they did split them off, I think they would both, I think even Cesaro maybe a little bit more uh, excel as a singles competitor at this point. They know how to push him now. They know how to get him over. And if it doesn't work, they always know they can just pair him back up with somebody for a little bit and, you know, (laughs) just get the rub and move on. Yep. I think it can work. All right. I think it can work. Cool. Starting tonight, because they're going to split up. All and Cesaro is going to get the win over Sheamus. Because Sheamus is awesome, but not as good as Sheamus, uh, Cesaro. Look, we got another one. Bailey defending the championship against Alexa Bliss. Is that right? Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, because Alexa Bliss is on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we have a new opponent for Bailey, which is great. And Alexa Bliss is the number one contender. So who walks away from this one? Bailey retains. Bailey retains. I could definitely see Bailey retaining. I would hope Alexa Bliss would take it just because I'm I'm an Alexa Bliss fan. Me too. Um, I enjoy her. Honestly, like, I get what Bailey is to the company. She's that that talent that appeals to the young girls because she gets them every time. Like, you know, the wacky, wavy, inflatable arm tube guys <laughs> exactly um that come out like it's it's all geared towards kids and that's probably why i'm more leaning towards alexa bliss she's got that you know i'm here just to kick people in the face and take she's got an edge right yeah she's got she that does. edge that, that kind of uh sort of more plays to the older audience and i think maybe that's why i'm a fan also we talked about finishers earlier mm-hmm. and like which ones look devastating and i'm I've always just felt this, and it might just be me, but the belly to Bailey, it's a belly to belly. I've seen that hit in the beginning of matches. Like, beginning match stuff, like, oh, here's the takedown to get into chain work, and that's a finish. And I'm just like, you know, you've got Charlotte's finisher, like, in terms of, like, the the figure eight and then her natural selection like I'm gonna take the the centrifugal force of me doing a front flip and drive your face into the mat mm-hmm. and you got Becky out there hitting exploder suplexes and her disarmor like it all looks so devastating and then <laughs> belly <laughs> like, belly up turn drop like I don't know I've just never looked at that as like a move that I'm like oh yeah she just killed her I'm just like <laughs> Cool, she hit it. That's the end of the match. <laughs> like, I only know that's... Like, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what? But, like, now the only reason I know it's a finisher is because I've been conditioned to that's know that it's a finisher. Exactly. If I looked at that as any match without the prior knowledge 
and that was hit, I would not expect it to be a finishing maneuver in a match. It's kind of like a mid-match maneuver. I agree with that 100%. And maybe they will upgrade Bailey one day and give her an actual finisher um, and keep the Bailey to belly in there because it does it's, it's over as you know a name and it's over as a move. So why not? Right. Paige returns tonight? Hey, you never know. Has she done her suspending and her sex tape violations and all of this? Are, I mean, she she's, been off, she's been off suspension. It's just she is was she, healing from an injury, but I don't know. I don't know. Rumor is she won't return, and that's. I'd like Paige to get involved with that because yeah. to see Bailey being the uh, the clean cut all American, you know, fangirl, and then see Paige who is so opposite that. Especially right now. Especially, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. you know. And the WWE said they weren't going to punish her, and I, I, I kind of get that just because it's like I didn't leak these. I these were private photos that were hacked, but still, it's a PR nightmare. One and then. Like, on top of the fact that her fiancé is just constantly shooting on the WWE any chance he gets. <laughs> it seems like everything that comes out of Del Rio's mouth these days is just like, yeah, screw WWE. Like, every single time I hear him talking, it's always, he bad-mouthed the WWE again. He bad-mouthed yeah. WWE. I'm like, your fiancé still works there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Punk and AJ Lee scenario, you know, that just kind of made it weird for her to be there so oh yeah, yeah. and i, I kind of see that and i think uh, you know at this stage in her career Paige had so much she's still young she's younger than i am um you know and and she's in the e and she had like all the opportunity and, and she has talent as well to excel and keep going and i just i don't see this as a smart move for for them uh as like you know just constantly talking trash hmm so there's a couple of uh, things that could happen here. We could have some interference for some people, or some other people, some new people, some old people. We could. Uh, but we're kind of split. Bailey, Alexa Bliss. We will see what happens with this, and we will see if the Bailey to Bailey will be the match finisher. I hope not. Hope not. Let's jump over into the SmackDown versus Raw. Kevin Owens, the United States champion, the face of America, versus Chris Jericho. Um... With the list of Jericho and his new jacket that was given to him by Dean Ambrose. It was a suit jacket with Christmas lights on it. <laughs> that was interesting. So uh, if Jericho wins, uh, he will be transferred to SmackDown because the U.S. title stays on SmackDown regardless. So what do we see out of this match? We saw this match at WrestleMania. We saw the infamous finger on the rope. Um, but this this feud is not over. I don't see Jericho sticking around too much longer. Uh, I think he needs a break. I think he needs to go out with Fozzie to do the summer tour and things like that. What do you guys see out of this match? Um, I definitely would agree. I don't I don't see Jericho winning. Um, I think he's getting to that point where he's about to leave, go on tour with Fozzie, and you know they've been gearing up for that. And he's been putting it off for a while. Yeah. Um, you know it's been a long time, and uh, I'm sure there's. There's put pressure from, you know, his band and also from, you know, the powers that be in the music industry that, that kind of their their management team and this, that, and the other for him to go out there and start start doing some stuff with Fozzie to keep them relevant and keep them actually mm-hmm. making money. Exactly. Like he's making money, then they're not making yeah. money. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that needs to happen. I think he is due up for like he's probably talked about stepping away shortly. Um, and I just don't think it, it makes sense. For, for him to win, given those facts. Um, the other thing I've noticed, and uh, I don't know if you guys have caught this, it's like the re- like Vince is getting back to that old school mentality of like, here's the U.S., 
And here's the the foreign kind of heels that are like down with America. And Kevin Owens started doing it recently. And you have Davari doing it too now where he's like, um, you know, I'm going to sit, you know, I'm going to like speak in, in my native language and this, that, and the other. And he's really pushing that like India this, India that. Jinder Mahal. Like, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, all those. Like they're really – Especially Jinder Mahal and, and the Bollywood boys have their new name. It just seems like Vince is getting back to that, like, hey, you know, foreigners are the enemy. And I'm like, Vince, it's probably not the time to do right. it. Like, this is probably not the day and age. You want to go back to that? It could be interesting. What but it think definitely could be a good match. It could be. I, I agree. It's got a lot of potential. Two great workers. Uh, I think Owens wins as well. What do you think, Big Ugly? Yeah, no, um, I completely agree with Jason Drake. I don't think Chris Jericho is going to win. It's going to be a good match because those oh, two can work. Yeah. Um, so that's that'll be without a doubt. But definitely, Owens will retain and wait. He'll win, and if he wins, he what? He oh, stays. He stays where he is. Where he is, right? Yeah, and then Jericho will just be gone, and this will be the end of the feud. So. This should be the end of the feud. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of a feud, let's talk about uh, one of the sleeper matches. I'm not saying it'll put you to sleep, but it's just. It's just kind of in there, and there's no real build to it. Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Two fantastic workers. Uh, not a whole lot of story behind them right now. Samoa Joe's been bad on the mic in the ring when it's come to this. Seth Rollins is still... Seth Rollins is in a weird space right yeah. now. Yeah. It's... You know, he went from being, like, the top guy on Raw, and then when he got injured and when he came back, everybody was like, thank God he's back. And now it's just like, I don't know, man. Now that he's back to being, he's a face. He's just been in a weird space, man, because I, I, I felt underwhelmed by that match with him and Triple H at mm, WrestleMania. I was so underwhelmed that I forgot to mention it on the quick results. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and um, so... And, and if I, because that had been something that we had seen coming for so long, like the Seth Rollins Triple H. Yep. And we finally get to WrestleMania, it's just like, oh, that's it, huh? And it's like, you know we could have got so much more out of Rollins. But anyway, um, this is definitely a sleeper match. And honestly, I, I don't really I don't really care. Like, nothing's been set up, so it, it could go either way. And What about Finn Balor introducing the demon gimmick and coming down and interfering in this thing? Is he recovered? Like, he's, he's over his injury? He's okay, back, right? yeah. He yeah, had a concussion back. for a right. while, but he's been coming back doing some light work. All right, cool. You know, not heavy work, but he's, this, this definitely didn't put him out like it did before, but that was a scary but, moment. But he doesn't have a match. No. Finn no. does not And they have haven't set up anything for him, like a feud or anything. Nope. Nope. Oh, not yet. I, I hope he comes out. And the demon. On a With the demon. I want them to start that new evolution that I heard rumors about. I think that'd be dope. I don't see how they're going to do it now, though, if you have Kevin Owens on SmackDown, Samoa Joe on Raw, and Triple H has kind of stepped away after Rollins uh, put him down. Yeah, that's they right. They were building to it, and I think I was like, oh, man, how could, like, I was waiting on that pay-per-view where it was uh, Owens versus Goldberg. I was like, how sick would it be if Jericho came out, interfered, it looked like it was going to be it, and then Triple H and Samoa Joe come out, they shut it down, and then they stand tall at the end of the night with the belt, all three of them, you have new evolution. Uh, I was actually very let down by the fact we didn't get that. I was I was looking forward to it, um, but yeah, I think it's just been it's been strange. Like Samoa Joe and Owens were working together, and then they weren't, and then Owens is over on SmackDown. It almost seems to me like there's a lot of like stories that kind of were started, and then like two weeks down the road, they're like, oh, let's do something different, and mm-hmm. it kind of left Samoa Joe um, sort of treading water. Um, he's got a good opponent in Rollins. Rollins is out there, you know, and other many other wrestlers, including Sting, have gone on record as saying he is one of the best talents they've ever been in the ring with. Mm-hmm. But 
He is still kind of in that, like, I'm just coming back. It seems like every time he started to build momentum, it was taken away from him by an injury or by something else going on. You know, if they had built that, and this, I think this match was probably supposed to happen before Triple H happened. I think we were supposed to get, like, if, if Rollins had stayed healthy, we were supposed to get the Samoa Joe feud, kind of Joe protecting Triple H, and, and Rollins kind of, like, having the, the, you know, boss before the big boss. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and we didn't get that, and now it's like, all right, well, they still have unfinished business. Let's do it. So I think maybe that could have been what's going on here and why it feels kind of falling flat. Um, but you brought up a good point. That Triple H Rollins match just did not deliver mm-hmm. like it was hyped to be. Yeah. They had cool spots in it. Uh, sure, you know, Stephanie going through the table, you know, some of the other stuff, working the knee, they worked that really well. But there were just points of it where I was like, you know, you want more. There should have, like, there was storytelling didn't seem like it was there. Yeah. Maybe it was too long. It could have definitely been too long. And the other thing is, like, Triple H got this huge, big, giant entrance that was extravagant and over the top. And then Rollins like, I got a torch! (laughs) And I'm going to fake set the ramp on fire. I know. (laughs) The ramp on fire! And it's like... It's like, how do you live up to that? Is that your new thing? Why do you have a torch? torch. What, does that, you. Yeah. what does that say? Are you yeah. like, um, you know, this is Triple H metaphorically passing the torch, or this is me taking the torch, or I'm going to set the whole ring on, for, like, I'm going to set the crowd on fire yeah. because I'm the top face. But it just seemed like very anticlimactic compared to what Triple H had just done, and that's more just the momentum killer for, for Rollins because I think Rollins is also one of these guys who, um, you know, He's he works better as a heel. He just honestly does. Absolutely, yeah, um, that's and, it's, and it's true. tough for him to be a face, and it had to be set up correctly for him to make that believable face turn because he is one of those heels that the fans gravitate to because there is talent, there is charisma. He's a he's better as a bad guy, but he's a he's good at doing it, so the fans like but it. That's how I've always felt about Jericho. That I like Jericho when he's a heel. Jericho as a face is like, nah, it's okay, but. When he's a face and he's playing that cocky, smart Alec face, I dig it. That's when like I, that's when I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's when I yeah. dig it. When even when Jericho is just playing heel, like I remember Rock came out, talked smack to him one time. He just put his hand up right in his face, yeah. and I was like, I lost it. His Rock's like, really? He like looks at him, but um, it's that same type of deal. I think he needs to be the right type of face if he's going to play face, and I think he needs to have the right type of build. And the injuries kind of killed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he needs to get that progression in the face because he is such a natural heel. You need to have that build, and it just it got taken away by injury. And they tried to make it work, but it just seemed like, you know, ticked off kid yelling at a adult figure that didn't give him what he wanted. Right. What do you do with Finn Balor? And, and I say this because. We know Finn Balor isn't a great. He isn't great on the mic. Right. We haven't seen Finn Balor be a heel. What do you do with him? And this is why I was kind of excited about Evolution because I felt like he was a short thing in Evolution. It was kind of like Batista, right? Like Batista wasn't very experienced back then, so he got to be in with those guys and look like a powerhouse. And it's like Finn could go in with those guys. The rest of them could talk. He could be the quiet one, do his little demon thing, and it would be dope. Right. How like how do you get? over with his weaknesses and plus his potential to be injured too which is yes. not good because if you have the potential to be injured every other match that you're out there they're not going to put a lot of faith in you right. to put a lot of big storyline yeah in. and we know he's a small guy so he's going to run into a daniel bryan problem where it's like he's going to have to tone back his style a little bit 
to keep himself from getting injured so often. Yeah, I, th- I see him and Samoa Joe having a few. That's a short-term thing right now. But as far as Finn going further than that, I'm really not sure. I don't know where they put him. And just to see how the fans react to him or see what they where they have a hole in the action to see where they need somebody, I'm not sure. But I hope he doesn't get that, you know, that problem of NXT person coming up and there's nothing for him, so he just gets mid-carded or buried. Right. I hope that's not the case. I mean, they put the title on him, like, at first. On the first so day. So they had a lot of faith in him, so I'm, like, wondering what the what the plans are for him. I don't know. What do you think, Jason Drake? you think there's a plan for him, or are they just going to kind of see what happens? You know, I think, once again, it's one of those things where, like, different stuff has come up between injuries and trying to rewrite storylines to, to work around injuries and, and to still draw the fans' attention. I think um, Finn definitely is a talent that... that and he's a marketable talent on top of that. I mean, look at uh, like the kids that are out there wearing all of his stuff, the face paint, the head, the headdress that he used to have, um, you know, the costumes. There's all sorts of marketability to it. So I think looking at a business standpoint, they want to market him. It's just a matter of him staying healthy and them finding out where he fits. Because um, he does have that small guy um, sort of you know, stigma about him because he is a smaller guy, but he's he's gone out there and worked very brutal matches with – with Samoa Joe in NXT, he's gone out and been the top guy over there and, and done, uh, been successful with it. So I don't think he can't. Uh, but I think it, it's kind of one of those Rollins situations where it's like you have to build him the right way to get the, the average fan to accept him the way that a lot of the smart fans will. There's a lot of fans out there who, who follow him in Japan and followed him in NXT and are like always about wrestling and they know his 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 uh, reputation they know you know his history and know the the talent and and just how good he is uh but for anybody who hasn't seen that it's going to take a little bit to build him and without him doing the demon um every single entrance i think you know the demon was big for him down in nxt i think it got him over and have we seen it in a pay-per-view on main yet we did. Did he, he do it against Rollins? Rollins? He did it against. Okay, he yeah. did it against Rollins. Yeah. Uh, but he hasn't since he's come back, and I think you know maybe we need to see it again, or maybe the fans need to see it again. Um, it's but been I, a while. It's been a while because I, yeah, like that was SummerSlam of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and was that right after the brand split? That was right after the brand split. Shortly after the brand split, yeah. Shortly after the brand split, yes. Yeah, so it's been a while since he's done that, and then he came back from injury, and I think they just need to build him correctly, and uh, it's one of those things where they've had so many other different things going on, they haven't been able to do it correctly. Maybe we'll see it tonight. Maybe, Maybe. we'll see. Maybe we'll see interference by the demon and see what happens, and Finn Balor could get a jump up. We'll see. But uh, got two more matches to talk about, guys. Right. On payback, let's talk first about uh, we'll give the championship match its due and put it at the end. So we'll talk about Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. I'm interested to see what happens here because Braun Strowman has destroyed Roman Reigns over the past couple of weeks with turning the ambulance over and throwing him off the uh, the the thing on the uh, the backboard and everything. And then, of course, Roman Reigns' actual real-life brother has died. Um, so will Braun Strowman use that, or you know, will Roman be at the top of his game? I don't know. I'm interested to see this match, to see how the crowd reacts. To see who actually goes over, because the one and only time they faced each other before on Monday Night Raw, Roman run, Roman won. But they're building Braun here. So, what's your thoughts, guys? 
This is a hard one for me to say because on one hand you have Roman Reigns who just beat the Undertaker, and anytime you beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, they got to keep building. You know, you gotta you gotta look strong. So, but the other thing is that you got Braun Strowman about to go into a feud with Brock Lesnar soon. So, you know, do you have him lose to Roman Reigns and then start going into a feud with Lesnar? Like, how does that work? So, I I don't know. And of course, you've got the situation. I don't think that this is going to be a great match because of the mindset of Roman Reigns right, right now, having lost his brother so soon. But as far as like who's going over, I, I can't call it, man. Um, but I'm gonna just stick with Reigns. I'm gonna say they probably probably gonna keep the jackpot yeah. on Reigns. I think they'll they'll find a way to make Strowman look strong, kind of like the fact that Kalisto beat him, but he still demolished Kalisto. Right. So it might be one of those things. Okay. <clears throat> Anybody notice you didn't close the the lid of the dumpster? He didn't say apparently you didn't have to close the lid to win. That's what I yeah, thought too. Because any that dumpster was the original, before, yeah, that was yeah. the original couple. But they didn't close the lid. He just you know just stepped into the dumpster and it was over. It's like oh that's how that's how they got around that so Callisto would win. But of course after uh, he put Callisto in the dumpster, he closed it, locked it. First dumpster match ever on Monday Night Raw. How about that? We're having a casket matches, man. I'm sorry, that's a tangent. Go that was I mean, go ahead. I think that's what, the Undertaker thing. Yeah, true. I think the issue is it's like you have this big guy who just lost to Kalisto. So it's like, can we really have him lose again? But to your point, you just had, you know, Roman beat Undertaker. Can he really uh can they afford to have him lose? They've kind of booked themselves into a bit of a tight spot yeah. here. Uh just with what's been going on. And I mean, it seems like every time Braun starts to get some traction just being the big monster beast, they do something that makes everybody go, wait, what? Why? Why did he lose to this person? Or why did this happen? It doesn't make sense. So, you know, I could see it honestly going either way. If Braun loses to Roman, I say he either lays Roman out and then, like, takes that anger and throws it at Brock. Um, You know, if Roman... Uh, were to lose, it, you could build a redemption type story uh, out of it and potentially like they need to stop cramming him down the, the fans' throats. You need to start like making him appealing and maybe some sympathy like actually legit sympathy on the heels of his brother's uh, passing um, could bring some of the fans around. You know, uh, but who knows, maybe Brock could come out and get involved. Mm-hmm. Or Heyman could come out and get involved. Like, you hear right. the music hit, someone gets distracted, and it gets taken out that way. I could definitely see that happening. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know why they kept the whole Braun-Roman feud going. Like, I felt like since Roman has started going towards Undertaker and they were, like, planning to move Braun towards Lesnar, it was like, you just could have been yeah, done with Yeah, because they put Braun, these, these two feud. together, they faced each other at a pay-per-view, and then they faced each other on Raw again. Like, they, they, have, they have already clashed, so it's kind yeah. of like you're... You're doing it again, right? Yeah. So well, we got talked a, about earlier. It, yeah. We did so rehashing the thing. It's like, so why? why? Right. There's got to be a point, and yeah. the point could be the interference of Brock Lesnar or the interference of another superstar. I don't see this happening clean one way or the other. Nah, not at all. Yeah, and and I really can't call it like who wins or why, or does the win or loss actually mean as much in this match as it would say any one some of the other matches? I'm not sure. But I'm, that's why I'm interested to see it, because I actually don't know. Just like e- EWA Faith No More Interaction 3 in May 13th at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland, I have no idea what's going to happen there. I have no clue. So I have no clue what's going to happen Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. So that's why you want to watch it. True. And, watch it. Uh, I mean, I think my thing with, with 
like if we look at the you were talking about how Undertaker and Roman started doing their thing, like Braun was even present for that. You remember he like called out yeah. Roman yeah. and all of a sudden like Taker's music hit and he got in the ring, he just looks at Taker and steps out and you're like, That seemed awkward. Uh, yeah, very like, awkward. Like didn't it? Like I remember thinking, What? Like what just happened? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's been there throughout Roman and Taker's sort of deal. And I mean, and then there was the one time where Roman calls out Braun and down comes Taker. Right. I guess it was supposed to be that Braun and Roman still wanted the feud to go, but I guess Taker was establishing the fact that Roman is mine. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's. And I think maybe that's the, the mindset for why they're still right. Working, but it just, it still seems odd. It's weird. It's odd. It's definitely odd. It's, it's odd. And it'll be odd to see. So we're going to come back in the next couple weeks and on the next podcast, we're going to talk about this and say, what the hell or what actually happened? Damn it. Um, so this could be the come down match because I don't think they'll make this one the main event this time. Um, but the main event will be, should be, Randy Orton defending the SmackDown, the WWE Championship, against the Monday Night Raw competitor of Bray Wyatt in a House of Horrors match. Do we have any idea what this is yet? Any idea? Not that no. I know of. No. It's going to be like a uh, what's that? What's that Hardy joint they did? Final Deletion. Did he? What's that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That match that they had at the compound. They had it at the, the compound right. where it was all like videotaping. Yeah, it was all videotaping weird. I think it's going to be like that. I, I feel like that's going to be. That could actually be cool. Um, and now that they've got the Hardys there, maybe they were like, hey, do you mind if we do something similar? Because yeah. they already. Maybe- they already did with the new day. Remember they, they did, did it that with little the new yeah. day. Yeah, that and was pretty been, cool. You know, Randy went and like burned down the compound. Uh, so maybe, but I just hope they don't do the. Randy's laying there. Here's some maggots in the middle of the <laughs> ring. Like nobody watching them. Maybe like an eight year old's like, oh my god! But like everybody else is like, all right, cool. Bray had the dude in the truck hit the button. Right. <laughs> they turned the ring into some maggots right. and stuff. Like everybody's like. I remember watching it. I was like, it was kind of cool for like a second, but then I'm like, hey, that's kind of, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. That's the way I was. I was like, hey, cool. Uh. And it's like, it was only appealing for people watching on TV, which is why they had to do that like eagle eye view of the yeah. ring every mm-hmm. time they switched to it. It's like, if you're just in the audience and you see it like from down here, it's like, oh, okay. And I wonder what the, how the audience was reacting yeah. to it. Like if they like, it was just I think the really audience just weird. reacted to the lights going off, like the ring lights going right. off. Yeah, because they were like, because yeah. they probably couldn't see much of what was going on because they had to turn the lights off to yeah. turn the projector on. They might have done. They might have done what I did, like, oh, the light. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I'm not. I'm not. This particular match, I don't know what to expect. I do think that uh, Randy is going to retain. Um, I think that depending on what it is, it could be a decent match. I don't know. The match at WrestleMania is like was what it was. Again, yeah. Yeah, well, it was kind of. Under, underwhelming wasn't great um, but I don't so I'm guessing this is the end for them because now they're on separate brands right it should be it should be absolutely um, but and it doesn't say if one wins one goes to the other because right now Bray Wyatt oh. is on Monday Night Raw so if Bray Wyatt wins oh then he goes back to SmackDown he should yeah because right. he's not going to take the title on yeah. Raw because they're universal titles on Raw. So maybe Bray should win. Because his Wyatt family is on SmackDown still, yes. right? Like, Eric Rowan is still there? Yeah. Oh, Bray wins, man. I think Bray I wins think and takes the title right. back to SmackDown. Yeah. I can see it. And the other thing is, like... And then Randy goes to Raw. 
Yeah. And I can see that. Maybe the Wyatt like, family comes back and helps them at this little house of horrors. Um, yeah, maybe. See that, too. I think my thing that I've always noticed with Bray is um, his in-ring work doesn't seem to uh, express his character. Have you noticed, like, there's very there's a lot of it times where I've watched him. Yeah, like, there's a lot of times where I've watched him, and he'll, like, sort of run away. And I'm like, dude, you're an eater of worlds. You call yourself a god. No mortal man in that ring should be able to intimidate you. Mm-hmm. And he'll, like, back down. I'm like, what are you doing? But then other times where he gets, like, hit and he starts laughing, like, it's like that, you know, uh, like, you know, I am a god. This is this is futile, and that's why I'm laughing. Yeah. And that makes sense. But, you know, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. Besides a sister Abigail and his running, like, crossbody headbutt thing that he does, what else does Bray do in the ring that's synonymous with Bray Wyatt? Just the the thing where he gets up on is like the spider yeah. thing, and mm-hmm. he does that running backsplash. Yep, too. But so those doesn't uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens both do the running backsplash? Yep. Yeah, and that's something that's I've noticed on Raw too. There's a lot that's moved specifically where they're all, all doing yeah. each other's moves. The, I'm like, now you big guys. can't do that, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's just there. I was I was thinking about this other day. Besides like a few slight things, there's nothing synonymous about. Synonymous about him in the ring from a from a working standpoint. Yeah. Like you know, if you're a, if you're a god, maybe pick apart a body part and just really grind someone into the dirt. Basically, like you know, it just seems like there's there's not a set type of working style for Bray. Yeah, and that's true. It, it basically adapts to whoever he's in there. Right. With, what I've seen, which is why his matches, like whether they're good, depend on who he's working with. Exactly. Yeah, and I think he needs to get away from that. And, and really find his own ring style that's just, that's him all the time, every time. Like, there's nothing wrong with tweaking it, but when you're constantly changing it to fit the person you're working, you kind of lose some of who you are as a person by, by trying to, uh, you know, sort of accommodate the person you're working every single time. Sure, absolutely. It's it's a great gimmick. It's a great character. It's it's a great look. I love the fireflies. You know that's still a great thing for Bray Wyatt. And now he just needs something to bring it all together. And maybe it's whether he wins or loses. I say he wins. Uh, I say he wins the title back. I think Randy Orton was a transitional champion. I hate to say that, but at, but at this point, I would rather see it on Bray Wyatt, who's only had it once, as oh, opposed yeah. to Randy Orton, who's had it thirteen times. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I didn't want Wyatt to lose it when he lost it, so I would love for him to get it back and to see what he could do as a champion. Um, but as Jason Drake was saying, he's got to get he's got to get some kind of edge yeah. going to his character and his in-ring work. So hopefully we'll see that. So that's that's pretty much payback, boys. That's uh, what's going to happen on the WWE Network sometime in the near future. And then uh, next time we come back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, we'll break it down for you. And then we'll break down the next pay-per-view, which is Backlash which is a SmackDown Live uh, pay-per-view offering. So we'll break those down, and maybe we'll even have another uh, EWA Pro Wrestling Superstar on here, and maybe we'll talk about EWA Faith No More 3. Maybe we'll know what the heck is going on by then. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. But you'll be there, Jason Drake. I, yep. I have a, I have a strange feeling you'll be there. The Maryland yeah, champion, probably be there. Yeah, I'll, probably. I be think there. he'll be there. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, it's, it's been a great conversation. We okay, Big Ugly? We we oh, do we doing all right? We're well over time, but I, I thought yeah, we might have been. Yeah. But that's okay because that's what we do here. Because we we Too we're dirty tangents, on the wrestling man. tangents. Because there's a lot to talk yeah. about when it comes to the pro wrestling world. It's dirty and it's ugly. 
But uh, Jason Drake, thank you very much for coming down here with us today and shooting the shooting the ish and uh, you know just hanging with us and talking. And, you know, hope you had a good time. Always a good time. Always fun. Always the only three time. You're gonna be only the Grand Slam time. champion. Yeah, I'm the Grand anymore. Slam champion. <laughs> the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And you told the Rabbit Rizzo that we said hello and you know that she needs to listen to this and share it and you know because we we talked about her a couple times. Yeah, we did. We talked That's about her. All good. Times. You know, just talking about her. Yeah. Because she'll fight. You know, she'll, she'll fight you if you, <laughs> oh, don't, yeah, if you don't talk good about her. And Big Ugly, how do you feel this podcast went for you? Good? Oh, man, yeah, this was a great podcast, man. It's always great having Jason Drake out. Yeah. We're always getting these great conversations that be about two hours. But that's fine, man. This that's what good. we yeah. do. That means we're having this good conversations. Good, right. like, you're running right. on tangents. Yeah. And we hope... Uh, exactly. If I'm on a tangent, things are going good. Yeah. That's right. We hope y'all, the hundreds and thousands of listeners of Dirty Ugly Wrestling, which you're, whether you're just listening to us for segments or listening to the whole thing, we appreciate it. Liking, following, sharing, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. It's a beautiful thing. And we're here with Jason Drake. Oh, I had to do it one more goodness. time. <laughs> I had to do it one more time. But I'm going to do you? it. Did you? <laughs> oh, you're going to see me do it right here at oh, EWA no. Faith No More. The Maryland champion. That's how I'm going to put you over. You wait. You, you wait. I'm going to do it. That's great. You ever know to- Tony Chimmel to announce, uh, you know, Edge the Rated R Superstar? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how it's going to be when my thing with you with Jason Drake. But if you happen to go to the dark side again, and if you happen to turn heel, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, I don't know. Jason Drake. And I don't know. But we'll see. <laughs> it sounds like a remix all of a sudden. Like Jason Drake. Drake. <laughs> But anyway, hey, thanks to Dirty Ugly Wrestling. We'll be back. We got Tony Macca. We got Duran J. We got the photography episode that we've been planning for you. We got the uh, motivational speaker, Brian. Professional development trail. I'm sorry, Professional Thomas. Professional. But yes, he is a motivational speaker. Yeah, he is as well. Professional development trailblazer. That's a great thing to put on a business card. And just a great thing to be in life in general. And uh, we might have more guests coming up outside of the pro wrestling business. We got... uh, Keith Beecraft, who is one of the voices of the commentary team of EWA Pro Wrestling. You know, we got to get it in because EWA Pro Wrestling, you don't know what's going to happen, but something something's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, another one outside, uh, Jason Brown from The Brown Report on YouTube. You're coming in to talk about your finances, how to get your finances right, how to start investing money in the stock market. He's got all the tips and secrets for guys like me who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> get, that, get that money right. I like money. That paper. I like money. Money's going to be good. Nice money. Yeah. That's right. So we're going to cut out for you, and we are going to come back next time, and we thank you so much for checking out the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast right here from the mansion. And uh, we're going to have Jason Drake say it with us because we just say it all the time. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces by three people. Click.